0: The time has come. Execute Order 66. Yes, my lord.
1: Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of Otaki Brothers. My name is Rusty, and on this fine Saturday morning, 10.20 a.m., I am joined by my Forever co-host, Ryan, my brother-in-law. What's going on over there?
1: Hey, well, it's a rainy day, and um, we got the good news that Lauren's sick, and our fun Christmas is canceled.
0: It has been canceled. Yeah, I woke up.
1: I went to bed
0: probably like around 11 last night, and I was debating on whether or not I was going to sleep in the bed with, with her or sleep on the couch just because... This cough has kind of been lingering for the past two or three days, and I wasn't really sure if it was going to get progressively worse or she'd just kind of heal from it naturally because she's been taking um, drugs and stuff like that nice. to remedy that. Yeah, that's
1: what you got to do, do. And drugs. we woke up around like 6, 6.30, and she was just coughing like a maniac. Yeah, well, the freaking, our policy is, A, if you got a cough, like one person had two ear infections in our office, and he was at it for a few days, but then he had management presentations, so he had to come in. Uh, one of the other girls had been coughing the same way Lauren coughed mm. and just didn't ever go home she Well, because you thing. guys don't have like a working from home policy
0: where it's like not oh, a good one. Yeah. Not if you're
1: sick That's not an excuse. You literally have to have like cancer Yeah, you have to go on medical leave if you want have like a three-day doctor note and go on medical leave
0: I'll tell you what that'll be the end of your company
1: Yeah, oh
0: in terms of like the next generation of youth coming in there and working that, that's just, like, we can't stand for that these days. Like, to have the flexibility or, of, yeah. hey, like, I feel like utter garbage, and I'm going to get the rest of the office sick unless I go home. I can still be productive and push through stuff, or I can be productive here, and then everyone else feels like garbage. Productivity go, levels go down, and then everyone loses.
1: <sighs> you wonder why turnover's 30%. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah, that's probably going to be one of the downfalls. Um, I had a hell of a week. Uh, just lots of work. I had a bunch of presentations. We're we're on shutdown so we basically do all the turnover and plant of like the machines and upkeep and stuff mm-hmm. over christmas break and it's the holidays so starting next friday i'll be off for 2 weeks until jury duty which will be nice you and me both wait is that over shutdown so i go back that thursday friday oh Lauren, it's like the, i think Lauren's taking off the 3rd or the 3rd and 4th or something like that the second, second and the third okay yeah and i have jury duty that day i was going to take it off mm. but now, have yeah. you gotten, like, the case file? Like, is this, like, a murder? No, I think from what Ryan was saying, like, the night before, they send you a text if you didn't show up. So oh. very last minute. Okay. Um, but Can you yeah. get your uh, little
0: filter thing closer to your mic there? Thanks, bro.
1: Yeah, I'll eat this mic. So, yeah, it's just been a really busy week. I've worked from home every night this week because I had a bunch of presentations. So I watched, what was it? Captain America, Winter Soldier. I saw you were watching the Marvel movies, Civil War. Yeah, Civil War as well. Captain America movies were amazing. They're
0: so good. I mean, both Winter Soldier
1: and Civil War among my favorites. Winter Soldier is literally nonstop action from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then Captain America, like, I love the uh, dynamic between Captain America and Black Widow. Mm, yeah good stuff I mean it starts in Winter Soldier Where they start to get that ki- camaraderie mm-hmm. And I think that's like the first time they meet Like right after I think it's Avengers then so, uh, Winter Soldier Yeah And oh, it's such good camaraderie and Well makes, Chris Evans is just gah, a beautiful man
0: And then Scarlett Johansson Is just an absolute gorgeous. babe yeah. She's hilarious and, Plus she uh, has a raspiness to her voice That just makes her infinitely more attractive yeah, like a
1: smoker's cough. I yeah. <laughs> uh, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay, grievous, calm that's down my over there. Smoker cough. Jeez. Hey guys, yeah, get the little like little roboty thing when you lose your vocal cords. Yep, that'll happen. So um, yeah, I watched those two. I love them. I miss those movies. I watched. What did I watch? I watched some Star Wars stuff, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. That's as far as I. Everybody got. strikes back. Is that what you just yeah, said? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, sequel to Recess. Yeah, the cartoon. And um, that's pretty much all I did. I didn't really play any games. I I took two hours of comp time on Friday because I was so burnt out from everything. Mm-hmm. And I, the new monster for Monster Hunter came out, and I was having trouble with my lobbies. I mean, you saw how Disney Plus ran. That was. Really I don't know bizarre. if it's my yeah. internet or what, but I have to get it checked out. So I did like a fight of that. I haven't been able to get any of the armors like a full kill because it's like a new raid thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe today. Good stuff. That's pretty much where I'm at in life. Yeah. I had a relative... Not not that extensive of a work stressful week. It was pretty... Yeah. I was at a pizza party or a chicken wing party on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I had... Before I took two hours of comp time, I had seven hours straight of meetings and presentations. So... Screw you and your fucking chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, Kane's chicken.
0: It was a good time with my coworkers on Friday. and So you like the sauce, right?
1: Well, yeah, of course. Okay. You don't
0: eat Kane's chicken without the sauce. Well, some people don't like the sauce, and then,
1: yeah, you don't talk to those people.
0: Exactly. Yeah, relatively chill week for work with me. Uh, I was more just, like, dealing with the, the downstream effects of Lauren's stressful week and having to watch Scoob and all of that fun stuff. And he's just been—I don't know if it's, like, an anxiety thing. He's really interesting where— If Lauren and I are really stressed out, he almost senses that, and that causes him to go to the bathroom in the cage, he's really kind of all over the place when we're home, has the zoomies, always just, he's very antsy and anxious, and I think he's like feeding off of our anxiety and stress, which is crazy, but I also, like every day I came home this week, he was just laying in a sea of his own pee (laughs) with just a, a gargantuan crap just sitting in the cage with him and i was just like what
1: makes you wonder what kids do bro. if dogs like eat feed off your stress imagine what kids would do if lauren still was the stress level she is when you guys have kids i hope that's not the case because <laughs> yeah, i can't i do too i can't deal with that no but so he yeah he just starts peeing everywhere he's like 15 <laughs> just peeing in his cage <laughs> just shits in his closet yep
0: yep that's what uh, our son will be doing <laughs> but uh
1: yeah so for strolling me down the railroad tracks sure that'll maybe be a. that thing. seems like a very like i don't know woe is me kind of thing strolling down the railroad tracks yeah i hope my kids are stones pondering drinking life. beer smoking a cig all right i'm not the wacky tobacky.
0: we're done okay <laughs> so i played we're not gonna get into games we've played recently in the traditional sense that we would on this show because we have a lot of stuff to unpack this this episode and and Ryan, and as, I, as Ryan and I mentioned last show, we wanted to kind of give our final thoughts and expectations about Rise of Skywalker. There's been quite a few revelations this week in terms of new trailers, new footage, behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. You can find it all out there. A lot of really good stuff, but there's one clip in particular that Ryan and I want to talk about because there's just a lot to unpack there. But we also want to talk about the Game Awards and our buddy, senior executive producer of the show... Uh, came in real strong with an excellent email with lots and lots of questions that we will be digging into in the later half of the show but um but yeah so games i've played recently this week i played a little bit more pokemon Mm -hmm. i got the the third gym badge which is going well okay the Um, water one so i have grass water water and fire
1: okay fire yeah
0: and so I'm walking through another like kind of large zone where there's tons of new Pokemon to catch. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of just been doing that, catching some of the ones that I don't have, and before I make my way to the fourth gym. Okay, cool. But not like stressing myself out, or I didn't pump like hours and hours, it literally was maybe two hours this week I played of Pokemon. Oh, that's so bad. And then maybe put in another three to four hours of Horizon. Yeah. I saw you on Horizon.
1: Yeah, so lot. I have played
0: that a little bit. Other than that, yeah, I've kind of just been watching more Star Wars movies. I watched... Um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Re- started rewatching Revenge of the Sith, but I watched that like last week, so it was more yeah. of just like um, really kind of solidifying my list of my top Star Wars movies, which cool. we'll be getting into later in the episode. I was thinking
1: about it just now. Um, I think you get that Golden's fast travel pass in Meridian as well. One of those vendors. Okay. So the same place you get those purple bows. Cool.
0: So yeah, t- the rest of today, after I edit this episode and get it up, I will probably be just playing Horizon while Lauren is sick in the bedroom, making her some soup and all that fun stuff. Do you want to tell the listeners where
1: you are in the game?
0: Yeah, so I guess if you've not played Horizon, uh, I'm about 18 to 20 hours in, level 22 Aloy, and in terms of story, I don't really know where this is percentage-wise, because I maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 20%, I don't really know, uh, but spoilers... I got to this this area where I had to infiltrate this camp, take down these two giant machine monsters, and then climb this large tower.
1: Are the, what did the machine monsters look like? I'm trying to figure out. Not a T-Rex, but that size. Okay. Is it like a cube? Size? Yeah,
0: I had like a, I was about to say I had like a boxy face. It was weird looking.
1: Okay. Yeah. Was it in a circular room? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know where you're at. Okay. So then after that, I climbed this large tower, and I got to this almost like long dining room, like like room, and I clicked on this button that kind of st- initiated this hologram conversation between these two people. Yeah. So there was this man and this woman who were talking about something that was corrupt in the world. I don't know what it was, and he was this scientist guy that said, if I build these machine-like monsters, it's going to save humanity. Well, she was arguing with him that it was, in fact, not going to do that. And if anything, it would corrupt and end humanity, which, as we know, that's kind of what happened. And after they had this conversation for five minutes or whatever it was, (coughs) then you end up leaving. And this person that's been talking to you in your, what is it called? Focus? Uh Yeah, focus. He's been kind of like talking in your head, like, hey, you need to go to this place to figure out what's going on. What was his name? Silas? Something like that, because... um, like, Aloy's trying to figure out her identity and her mom and who her mom was. And who they're saying her mom was was, like, born, like, 300 years ago or something stupid like that. So Aloy is completely against the idea and says, like, no, that, that can't be the case. She cannot be my mom. So she kind of goes to this facility to figure out, like, what's actually going on. And just as she's leaving, she's like, why don't you just show up or, like, actually show yourself? And he's like, I can do that. So this hologram of a person shows up. It's actually the black dude yeah. that's the hotel guy from John Wick. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah that's, yeah, that's who it is. He was also in Lost. So he kind of shows up. Was he up. in
1: Lost? Yeah. Oh. hmm I need to rewatch those. Yeah, This did, was yeah. such a good series. Yeah,
0: it was. Uh, so he kind of shows up, and I can't really remember the, the intricacies of that conversation and how Aloy came away from that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in terms of story, that's where I'm at.
1: Okay. Yeah, so she is like this scientist, the girl is, and the guy is like a CEO of like a military company and he's basically revolutionizing the army so that um the machines kind of run the army kind of like a what is it terminator net not net gear it's um skynet skynet kind of thing and these machines are constantly like improving and there's like machines that make machines okay and that's kind of where she was like yeah, that's not a good idea. Like, there could be a problem. Say there's a glitch in the system. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And then that's kind of... I don't want to... I don't know the full intric- intricacies of that conversation, so I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where it's at. Okay, cool. Now, I'm looking forward to playing more. I think, as you and I were talking today,
0: what I really need to focus on right now is just kind of grinding out my, my satchels, expanding my space, the number of items that I can actually carry at any given time, and also... For the different bows that you can buy from merchants, you actually kind of have to scavenge and farm for different like resources yeah. to be able to craft those. So you have a different different mods that you can obtain that are that have varying levels of rarity based on the the monsters that you kill, mm-hmm. and then you can um, w- loot them for all the different like gear, if you will. And so today I'll probably focus on that and kind of halt any story progression. Maybe do some of the the hunting zone type quests and side stuff, yeah. which is actually a lot of it. But I think as I talked about last week, it's never to the point where I feel overwhelmed and burdened or overburdened by all this stuff. Because I feel like there are certain games where it's just like, I don't know where to focus my time and my efforts here. There's just too much for me to really feel like I'm making any significant progress. And I feel like in Horizon, they do a really great job of balancing all of that yeah. and still providing valuable side quests. But also like, hey, go back to the main quest and progress a story.
1: Yeah, and these kind of open worlds. I think my route was just get on all the giraffe guys, and like open up the entire map, and then I wanted to grind out some weapons and things, and and then I went on a hunting spree because it was fun to run through all the forest and kill all the animals, um, against Peta's wishes. I, yes, like a bunch of raccoons. You go. You find the forest, and you kill some raccoons, and then you can make a pouch out of it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good It's a stuff. ton of fun.
0: Yeah, I like it a lot, so I'm looking forward I would to playing more.
1: I definitely recommend, once you get those two bows, grinding out that T-Rex for a while, mm-hmm. and getting some good mods, because it'll definitely help you. I'll do it. I
0: will do it. But Ryan, I want to just briefly talk about the Game Awards. There's nothing... There's some
1: amazing stuff that Yeah, <laughs> no. I was
0: tremendously <laughs> underwhelmed this year, you know... I love Travis so much because, like, every event like this, whether it's a Nintendo Indie showcase, a, um, a Nintendo Direct, E3, or PS State of Play, or the Game Awards, he always gets so hyped up, and he, he and I exchange texts like, oh my gosh, he sends me, like, this gargantuan list, like, Sly Cooper 5, the Silk Song, the sequel to Hollow Knight, like, all this stuff is potentially going to be released. And then you get to the Game Awards itself, or whatever the event might be, and there's, like... One or two, like, maybe notable things, and then beyond that, it's just, again, really underwhelming. And the Game Awards was no different. So I watched Pete stream it. You can go back if you uh, know where his, his Twitch streams are at, and you can see the history, um, or the VOD, if you will, of his stream of it. Uh, there was a couple things that I want to talk about, but overall, if I had to describe the entire conference beginning to end, it was just so weird. I was talking to Chronolink Nine One and Zach, who um, who do the Tarkeron podcast on YouTube, and we were on Facebook Messenger, kind of going back and forth about like, like almost like live tweeting, if you will, back and forth of like, what 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 the heck is going on right now? And it was just so bizarre. All the celebrity cameos were just super cheesy and just. Campy, like that bald guy, cringy as shit. Well, or the blue-haired guy. When Michelle Rodriguez came out with Vin Diesel, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on right now? This is so weird and bizarre." There were like
1: thirty orchestras that played. I don't know if they're all the same orchestras or all different orchestras. Think of how packed the back of the stage would be, because there was like four different orchestras that played for Death Stranding and some other games. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't
0: think there was anything truly groundbreaking shown. Maybe the most notable thing, you know, announced was Xbox said their name of, yeah. of their next, their successor console to the Xbox One, which is called the Xbox Series X. Like,
1: are you kidding me? It does look like a PC.
0: And it looks, yeah, like it looks like a PC tower. I don't know.
1: Like,. I don't. Shelves aren't built specifically for PlayStations and things. But that one, I don't know how tall it's going to be because it might not fit in a lot of the contemporary um, like TV stands. Yeah, no, that's one of the biggest criticisms
0: right now is that traditionally from the Nintendo Entertainment System all the way to the Xbox One and the PS4, it's been this horizontal box. I guess if you look at the Wii, it kind of stood up like that, which... It still looked really slick and could fit easily into someone's entertainment center. Yeah. The Series X just looks so bizarre that I feel like like the, your setup here, you have this entertainment center system, like kind of sitting there, your TV on top of it, and your TV is elevated just enough with your stand that you can kind of fit your PS4 under it. Yeah. With the Xbox Series X, if you place it
1: there, it would take up part of your screen. Because everything's previously looked like some like a VCR essentially. Mm-hmm. So, because all stands are built around more so playing, not just video games, but movies and VCRs and DVDs and all that stuff. Um, so they fall in into that trap. I mean, now if I wanted to do it, I'd have to put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't thrilled
0: with the announcement. I mean, cosmetically, the system doesn't mean a ton because, like, if you do have an entertainment system where it's not going to be in your way all you really care about is whether you're pressing the button and you know the system's on or not. I get that. Yeah. But if you have a setup like we do, it just isn't conducive to to watching movies and playing games because it's going to get in the way.
1: Yeah, the backwards compatibility thing was nice, though. Was that talked about? Yeah, a little bit. Was yeah. it? Yeah, so it's going to have backwards compatibility. With how much? Like going back how far? I don't know how far back. Okay. But Yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm not going to buy it. So, <laughs> But it's interesting for the people who... Uh, Or Xbox people. You know, for
0: as much as we shit on Microsoft and Xbox, I thought the Xbox One was sleek as all hell. Yeah. Far more sleek than the PS4's design. I felt like it just had this glossy look to it that looked almost futuristic, if you will. It looked really nice. And this, I feel like this is kind of a backstep from a cosmetic perspective. It's going to be a powerhouse, as you would expect. I think it has like 8K possibility
1: resolution, 4K, 60 frames per second a whole bunch of other... I mean, Microsoft is a computer company, so I'm glad they're finally putting that foot forward. Because mm-hmm. that's what PS4 was. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for Microsoft fans. For me, it did nothing to incentivize me to go out and buy something like that day yeah, one. Yeah, the
1: one game that I really came away caring about is Xbox exclusive, but it's also on Steam. So I'll be getting it on Steam. Which one? Hellblade 2? That trailer was awesome! Oh, <laughs> it was... Felt like I was watching a, like a horror movie though. Felt like I was watching uh, Jason Momoa do a haka. Yeah, it was yeah. it was wild. Something else. Check that out. So I guess my takeaways that trailer was freaking awesome. Just a girl like intensely chanting at you, and then some fire stuff and like an orc thing, and then Bethesda. I my takeaway from their trailer on um, elsewhere that kind of thing. Yeah, is. They should just make movies and not games with microtransactions. Yeah. (laughs) Because some of the um, Elder Scrolls Online trailers are amazing. Mm -hmm. So they should really make a movie. Um, The Ghost of Tsushima looks pretty cool. Graphically, like we were talking about earlier, it's not a Sekiro. Like, it's not as polished as I would have expected for next gen.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. Or this gen. Yeah, I was about to say, because I think it's coming out in summer. I could Mm -hmm. definitely see it being pushed, though, to make (coughs) be a... Near launch title for the PS5 and Xbox Series X, but when I was watching the trailer, I feel like when we first saw the initial trailer one to two years ago, whenever it was, I was my mind just exploded in excitement for something like this. But having seen and played and being completely frustrated with Sekiro, you
1: got bent over by Sekiro.
0: <laughs> yeah, what I can applaud Sekiro for though is its extreme attention to detail, the beautiful soundtrack that complemented that samurai type experience and when i saw the ghost of tsushima trailer gameplay wise it actually looks more up my alley than Sekiro was because it looks looks,
1: more like a neo kind of yeah
0: it looks like a stealth samurai type game which is kind of what i wanted out of Sekiro. Mm -hmm. but ghost of tsushima like the attention to detail like i saw the leaves on the ground and the textures just look something like at the end of xbox 360 early ps4 i was like
1: That's what I was thinking. Like, Sucker
0: Punch isn't known for their, like, extreme attention to detail historically looking at games like the Sly Cooper games. Like, they're really nice looking, but they're not, like, the most impressive graphically looking games of a console generation. And I guess this is no different, but
1: for the number of years they've been working on this, I felt like, come on, like, I expected something a little bit more. Well, the same, I mean, they kind of have that same environment that uh, Sekiro has with that white-flowered like white reeds kind of field mm-hmm. when he's riding through a horse in the ghost trailer i thought that i really like that environment mm, yeah but when it, you he took off his mask and when you saw the faces of people you're like ah okay like
0: and i guess all of that to be say fun, but when playing and you'll you'll see more about this when we talk about our favorite games of the year like, initially, we were like, whoa, Jedi Fallen Order, the, the the graphics are not anything to ride home about, but having played through the game start to finish, I didn't care. I mean, yeah. Like, I had so much fun
1: with that game. I loved the shit out of its technical glitches.
0: <laughs> Me too. Like, it added to the experience, and I'm not hoping for glitches in Ghost of Tsushima, but at the same time, like, if the gameplay itself, and the, I don't want to say the story, but the soundtrack, and everything that comes with that package is... You know, triple A, if you will, and graphics are the one like piece missing. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. But a game like that, set in that, you know, feudal Japan, I would, I'd want and kind of selfishly maybe expect it to be overly polished like Sekiro. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, you know, right now we kind of have a tentative release date for the summer Mm -hmm. of next year, 2020. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. I, would not doubt that game being delayed though.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. The next one was New World Evil Okay, so what I have is this Evil Stone corrupting thing. That's the one with like the the tree deer and that like I don't know, it looks like a ride on, on fire and they like hit each other and it's some rock that corrupts some knights and then it's like war and shit. <laughs> it sounds like a good time to me, Ryan. <laughs> it looked interesting. Um, let's see. Sons of the Forest looked creepy. Okay, see, I didn't
0: actually take notes for all the games. I just kind of had, like, literally minimal bullet points here. Okay,
1: so that one's the one where... I don't know if you, like, crash land, but you're in a forest, and it's like... Oh, no, 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 you look at your hand, and you're, like, in a helicopter. It says, Fight Demons, as a tattoo on your wrist. And you're like, okay, that's weird. Beautiful. And then something hits your helicopter, and you crash. And then there's, like, demons in the forest, and there's, like... Three or four armed girls and like people without faces and it looks like a creepy game. Sounds like a Saturday afternoon at the Lewis household. (laughs) Rainy day fun. So the one game that matters is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Hell yes. That looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. So Hollow Knight was rough because it was just literally all gray and disgusting but just... (laughs) Not my game, but this, I tried to play that when Lorne was in Japan. I seriously wanted to jump off a building. Right? It's all about depressing shit, and it's gray and black. Like this one. I'm sorry. Looks Travis. like that, except if it was colorful and happy, and you were like a glow in the dark squirrel, <laughs> and it looks so great. Like the bosses are like extremely colorful. The environments are extremely colorful, and just. I don't know. They just the saturation's great. It's yeah. It looks fun. Platforming. I'm excited for that one, and it's going to be on Steam, so that'll be. It looks. I'm going to get very that. polished. I think Ori in the
0: the Blind Forest,
1: the original game.
0: I want to say that came to PS4 or Switch, potentially both. I can't okay. remember. Will of the Wisps, of course, is the the sequel to that game. Do their plots line up? Or are you just the same squirrel? I think you're the same squirrel. Maybe his second cousin. Okay. Yet to be confirmed.
1: Yeah, maybe they had Thanksgiving and there was a new mission and they he like recruited him out. Yeah, squirrels cousin, have a very incestuous relationship, so you just cousin never know. Ori. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. The other notable thing coming away from the game awards was the game that won Game of whoa, the whoa, Year. Whoa.
1: There's some other notable mentions. So best fighting game was Smash. Best, very well deserved. Yeah, for sure. Screw Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that I've never found the draw to Mortal Kombat. They're a little over the top. Yeah. I mean, when I pulled the spine out of a Kirby, <laughs> <laughs> we should really get an M-rated after-hours Smash game. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And then soundtrack was Death Stranding. Best action game was Devil May Cry Five, which I bought on Black Friday. Well, let's let's take a few steps back here. Best soundtrack is Death Stranding. Like, listen, I haven't like listened to the soundtrack. The soundtrack and like I heard is pretty freaking good from what I've. Like watched of that game, which is probably like five hours. All right, it's yeah. Okay, it's worth when you play through it, you'll shit bricks. I was gonna say, I mean, put on some headphones and yeah. Well, I was a little, little disappointed that *Ukulele: and The Impossible Layer* was not even a nominee. That was like maybe the sixth, and it was top five. Game. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, action game *Devil May Cry*, and then game of the year. God. Sekiro Introduced by bald man Who? Um, Vin Diesel Vin Diesel did Game of the Year? Yeah he did
0: Oh he did because he butchered the name too Sekiro He like No He I can't remember what he said But look up the YouTube clip Not right now But he butchered the name It was
1: like At least get someone out there That can pronounce the Game of the Year Yeah eh, They seemed happy Like the FromSoft people Yeah. I love him. They were thrilled. He's my jam. Miyazaki? Yeah, Miyazaki. And like him, he just giving the shoulder lean to his bro as they're walking off stage, they're like, we're getting hookers tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) hookers (laughs) on No, they were happy. I love those guys. Apparently he's pretty shy, but he makes some freaking amazing games that he does that he does yeah i'm in the mood for like after star wars um which is like an unpolished Sekiro. i played Sekiro and i was like wow this is really polished mm-hmm. when it comes to like the parries and like all the enemies and stuff yeah I, i'm game for some dark souls i was actually grinding i don't know when it was maybe sunday last week i have a it's called plasma nun is my character name Okay. So she's a faith build, so she's got some, like, uh, nun robes on. Gotcha. And she just basically throws electricity. So she's a plasma nun because electricity—or lightning's plasma.
0: I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, I'm always game for Dark Souls, but I would say recently I've been very in the mood as well. I'm not really sure where I want to start because I want to beat the first Dark Souls so badly because Mm -hmm. I haven't yet, and I got to the DLC, I think the second or third boss in that— and I just had to put it down. I had to shelve it because it was just too challenging. But Dark Souls is also a game that you can't just pick up and play like right in the middle of a very challenging boss. You kind of have to work your way back into it mm-hmm. because it's just such a challenging, complex gameplay style. So I'm not really sure if I want to start a new file. and like like Bloodborne seems like such a perfect game for me to like just pick up and start a new Dude, character. Dude, if you
1: go through Bloodborne again, I'll go Bloodborne again with you.
0: We'll see what happens um, because I feel like the turn of the year, January, will be a pretty dead month as far as i'm concerned I, we don't have like a, a kingdom hearts 3 nope. waiting for us so maybe no, i don't want to rush horizon i want to take my time with that yeah and i want to drive this to completion because i already picked it up once and put like 12 hours into it and shelved it for like 10 months and came back to it i don't want to do that again yeah especially leading up to our games of the decade conversation i want that to at least be part of that conversation yeah. you know so We'll see what happens. I'll keep playing Horizon for the the rest of the year and still dabbling in Pokemon, and then January maybe we can do like a Bloodborne run. Yeah, I'm totally game. That'd be good times. All right. Any any other additional thoughts on the game? No, Awards, those, uh,
1: the Ori one was the really the main takeaway
0: from that. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The only games that mat. The only game that mattered from the Game Awards. There
1: was one really cool one. It was uh, No More Hero three. That trailer was so trippy and weird i didn't know it looked like digimon and like just really just the color and the art style looked really interesting and then it
0: completely shifted like oh this is actually that's not the game we're actually giving to you guys it's this one yeah because pete as the trailer opened up pete was like now this is my kind of game yeah just like anakin says now this is pod racing which (laughs) is just cringy as shit but um then it shifted and Pete was like, no, no, no. Can we go back to the other game? This is not like... Well, it was a- like
1: him and like a little Digimon kid in like 19... I don't know, early 1990s kind yeah. of graphics.
0: Yeah, I was on board with that and then it shifted. I'm like, no, this is way too trippy and weird. Yeah. But...
1: Yeah, maybe next year.
0: Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Give me some of that. Mm, squirrels. All right, Ryan, I think we can move on from the Game Awards because we have more important things to discuss. Okay. Like Star Wars... So let's run down kind of what I want to discuss for this episode for the sake of Star Wars, for the sake of Rise of Skywalker, which this time next week, Ryan, we'll have already seen it. Yes. Potentially twice. Who knows what will happen? We'll Depends s- on how great it is. We'll still be digesting the greatness. Yeah. So a couple things that happened this week that are really interesting, one of which was the soundtrack actually dropped. Mm-hmm. It, I don't want to say it leaked, but I think for the Golden Globes, it's up for... Best original soundtrack cool and so there were 23 tracks that were unlisted there were no descriptions in the name i listened to it beginning to end it was actually subsequently pulled that
1: night from disney when is the golden globe, globe uh, golden globes like february-ish maybe march if they dropped it when the movie comes out wouldn't it still be up for golden globes
0: yeah, so like next Friday, the track listings, and it'll be on iTunes and everything. Oh, okay. You'll be able to buy the soundtrack. Um, it's weird that they drop it early. But yeah, you're, uh, I mean, I feel like Disney has so many barriers and walls for people to get past before stuff like that would leak. That just seems like such a colossal miss. Yeah. So I want to preface this entire discussion that spoil potential spoilers and spoilers follow because there was a clip that released by Disney and Star Wars a couple days ago. It was a minute and 30 second trailer and footage from the Mm -hmm. film that if you want to go into this movie completely blind and not have anything answered from the prior two movies, do not listen to this conversation. The only timestamps that I'm going to be providing are when Ryan and I shift gears to talk about our favorite Star Wars movies. So the next however long this conversation goes on for is going to be breaking down specific articles that I found this week uh, with Interviews of the the cast members, this article, uh, uh, this article that I found about Kylo, and then specifics about the soundtrack that I listened to. So you have been forewarned. If you do not want to hear any of that, do not continue listening to this. Ryan, yes, let's get into this uh, this clip that All dropped. Right. All right. So uh, who sent it to me? It was Travis. Travis sent the the Reddit link to me which led me to believe that okay take this with a grain of salt and maybe it was some fan made they took pieces of the trailers together and put this to no this was real stuff so it starts off Kylo presumably lands on the planet Exegol which is where we believe to be Palpatine where he's been hiding out mm-hmm. whether They're that's big the big like box. yeah whether thing. it's the um the far regions of the galaxy what is it, the unknown regions of the galaxy yeah. we don't really know but he ignites his lightsaber, which I found really interesting, as he walks towards this giant cube of a building. Yeah, it was very cube-like. And as he's walking towards it, you hear Palpatine, Emperor's, uh, Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious's theme playing, and you hear these like voices, and oh, it was just gave me chills the moment it started. And you got playing. lightning all around, and it's like lightning dark. striking the water where, wherever this planet is. He walks into this building, the next scene you cut is he's descending into this, what seems to be Sith-like tomb, yeah. shrine, we
1: have no idea what's going on here. So we do know what's going on there. So he's descending into this tomb, and the statues there are the same, I just pulled it up to get the name, as the ones that are in Palpatine's office from episode 3, oh. and those are the Dwarti, which are some, I, I don't know the history of those, I believe there's something to do with the Sith. Okay. But, yeah, so... When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, it's the Dorothy statues from uh, episode three. Well, one of them, when he turns around, because
0: they do a close-up of Kylo's face, and as he's still descending, he turns around, and you see the silhouette of this, this statue. And it almost looks like Darth Nihilus's face. I didn't see that. You will have to watch it again, uh, but it yeah. looks like Darth Nihilus. So he descends down, and you just see this footage that's kind of pretty far back of Kylo walking through this this tomb, whatever it is. Mm-hmm he eventually makes it to this area that appears to be a tank
1: which is referred to it as the man cave
0: the man cave of <laughs> palpatine and you hear palpatine say my boy in his voice mm-hmm. and then he says i have been every voice you have ever heard in your head and that's three different cuts palpatines i have been every voice you have um i have been every voice and then snoke says you have ever heard And then Vader says, in your head. And so that completely debunks the rumor, or the theory that, or proves I should say, validates, that Palpatine was Snoke. He was manipulating Kylo from the very beginning when he was probably training with Luke as a young boy Mm -hmm. to become a Jedi up until current state when he killed Snoke a year after the fact and now
1: he's led to this layer of Palpatine. I wonder if snoke was a clone or like because it, it wouldn't have been palpatine i wonder how that logistics works it's it's tough to say maybe he was like a a, a tool kind of like a darth maul mm-hmm. but just- all
0: of this begs the question ryan because i was thinking okay so ray and kylo have this fight on this this ship there's water everywhere does this happen before that or after the fact? And I think it probably happens after the fact because if you look at Kylo's face, it's it's really weathered. He's mm-hmm. sweaty. It almost looks like he has dirt on his face when he's in this 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 place. So I have to believe. I I don't know. Like, what would cause him to go there? Does he have a Wayfinder device to go and find him? Is this early in the movie? I, I say they open up
1: with this. That'd be great right they have to open up with something big and it can't be just like hey credit scroll and then like five years later kind of thing they should i mean all star wars that seems to open up with some ship flying over something from what i remember like the new hope kind of thing it so opens you're saying
0: when his ship his tie silencer when it's flying to the planet that's the opening after the text scroll you hear Whoo! you know he flies yeah. in lands on this planet And all all of that ends up happening?
1: I think so. I'm trying to think what movie didn't open with a ship. I don't think that's the case because I think he's not going to find
0: Palpatine until he he has this Wayfinder device that's going to lead him to Palpatine.
1: So it's going to go on a fetch quest, Mm -hmm. get a Wayfinder, and then go to here? That's my guess. I think that— How do you think it's going to open?
0: Well, Travis was saying that he thinks it's going to be Kylo just mowing people down because you know in the beginning like the, the
1: force scene
0: yeah when he takes that stormtrooper picks him up or not stormtrooper but that person rebel rebel probably. soldier picks him up and th- throws him down okay to really
1: solidify his turn to the dark side i'd be cool with that yeah it's just i need something like dramatic to open up the movie cuz i mean this is the final hurrah so that it has to be something like either ray is training or because it could open up with her running through a forest. I think that's the more likely scenario. Yeah. Is that her? she's training
0: with Leia. Leia ends up imparting her lightsaber to Rey. That was
1: hers that she trained with Luke with yeah. after probably Return of the Jedi. How awesome would it be if she had a pink lightsaber? Like that light pink crystal from the Jedi game? Yeah. That crystal would be awesome. Because I love the contrast between, like, a light pink and, like, that silver hilt. I just really hope it's not blue. Like I'm I, sick of blue lightsaber. That would
0: just be such a lost cause. I feel like, oh, yeah, of course it's blue, because every other give lightsaber give her a new color. is blue. I don't care.
1: Not purple, because that's Mace Windu, and he's one of a kind. He is. But.
0: I don't know. I, I think that'd just be a, a, a big miss. if. Give it was... her a
1: yellow one. Yeah, sure. I could see her. her I, I think yellow has to do with, like... So, like, the Jedi are like, yeah, the Sith are dead, but, like, the yellow ones are the Jedi who are, like, specifically prone to fighting Sith. Mm. So, I don't see Leia getting yellow. I don't know the meaning of orange, but I could see, and white wouldn't make any sense. Because, apparently, the only reason, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Ahsoka's lightsabers are, um, white are because she pulled that dark side energy Like, it took out the dark side energy that the Sith put into it. Mm -hmm. So it will not be white. What would be a good color? What color would you want? Just not blue and not purple. See, I
0: would love it if if we were able to get Luke's... If Rey had Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi and it was green, then I'd be okay with Leia's being blue because it'd be a nice complementary color and it would just make a lot more sense. Yeah. But... Because, I mean... Leia's father's lightsaber, Anakin, was blue. So you know, I mean, that's literally the lightsaber that Rey has now. But I think that would have just made a lot more sense. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on deciding what the color of Leia's lightsaber should be. But I think the opening Black. scene of the movie is probably going to be her training with Leia. Yeah. And them having some kind of embrace in this moment of I know what needs needs to be done. I don't think at this point that they're going to know that Palpatine is out there. And it'll be really interesting, you know, something we haven't even talked about to this point is the text scroll in the beginning, if that'll even call out that there's some dark side of energy in the far regions of the galaxy, that both the Resistance and the First Order are trying to discover what's out there.
1: I would love it maybe if, what, say that fight on the Death Star is early on, mm-hmm. that Rey loses. Then it would at least make her so she's not overpowered. So what that's is that how like? he gets the Ray wayfinder because the wayfinder was in the Death Star, mm-hmm. and then he flies off. I don't know. Maybe Finn rescues Rey because he does walk out and he, he, he screams show up and says Rey. So maybe she
0: loses. What he, does that look like? I mean, does she get her arm chopped off? Does she just is she just
1: beaten? And Kylo just looks at her and walks away after he steals the wayfinder. I don't know how they would end it, but. It would be cool if she was beaten once and she has to be pulled out by Finn, Mm -hmm. get that trio together again. He wins by finding the Wayfinder to go find Sidious, and then he finds Sidious.
0: I could see that happening. Now, another plot point that you can see in the trailers is the Millennium Falcon lands in a First Order ship. Destroyer, I don't know what it is, but they're in there, and as they fly away, Kylo gets pushed back by just the sheer force of the Falcon taking taking off. And Ray jumps and leaps onto the Falcon. Do you remember that from the trailer? Yeah, briefly. So I wonder where that plays into it. Is that like, oh, now we got the
1: Wayfinder, now we're going to run off. Like, is this just a game of cat and mouse? That's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of like, tag in, let's get this artifact. You get the dagger, I get the Wayfinder. Let's go see where they lead. Yeah. I mean, I would assume if they land or... I don't think they actually landed, right? I think he pulled up next to, like a drive-by. It could have been to pick to pick her p- up. To pick her up, like,
0: hey, hop on. Maybe that's after she's gotten the dagger and they've destroyed that yeah, that's, that Vader
1: helmet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I, just, like, I still want to understand vehicle. the
0: significance and if, the intentionality behind destroying that. If it was by accident, I really don't think
1: it was. Yeah, I don't think they did it on... Uh, I don't know. I didn't see the trailer with the dagger in it because I didn't want to get any more spoilers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the Reddit's uh, leaks are coming true from all these trailers. Yeah,
0: yeah, they are. Um, I don't know. Let's let's shift gears, Ryan. I have a couple articles I want to pull up that will probably just extend this this conversation here. Okay. So. Of course, I was just researching Rise of Skywalker. Anything I could find, I was kind of pulling into a Word document. I found a few different articles that I found particularly interesting. This first one was about Carrie Fisher and the unused footage from Last Jedi and Force Awakens that was used for this movie. So Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, is, quote, breathtaking, promises one of the filmmakers currently putting the finishing touches to the climactic space adventure. The movie's editor, Mary Ann Brandon, a frequent collaborator with director J.J. Abrams, also believes the film delivers a, quote, respectful and shockingly successful use of the footage of the late Carrie Fisher. Which I I just wanted to include this because it it was such a a, a tragedy for her to to die before this movie, before they could film it because this was supposed to be Leia's movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was always... Do you think Leia would have died like every other OG character?
0: I I feel like that would just be... I don't know almost kill off the dudes too predictable like I know they're setting up this new generation of characters with Ray, Finn and Poe that were supposed to be kind of mirroring what we saw in the original trilogy with Han Leia and Luke Mm -hmm. but I don't think they've also they haven't been together for all three films like they were in the original trilogy so we haven't had the chance to really buy in and love these characters and become attached to them emotionally and that's kind of what John Boyega gets into on this next thing that I have here Go ahead. Uh, do you have a comment though? Seriously, I wanna.
1: No, I think it's the same type of comments. Okay. Well, you because you have John Boyega on some like let's rescue horses mission. Ray is off on like an island and Poe's off being rebellious. They're in, like completely separate sides of the galaxy, and the only time they were ever together was what the first movie, Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, and Poe had to that point had not even met Ray. I mean, he doesn't even meet Ray until, until like, the end halfway. of Last Jedi. It's no? literally. Oh. No, it's literally. Yeah, you're straight. right. It's hard do mean to spit on you? It's literally <laughs> the end of Last Jedi when she moves the rocks. They get on the ship, and she's he's like, "Hi, I'm Poe," and she's like, "I'm Ray," and he's like, "Yeah, I know." That's true. And then it's uh they pan out,
1: and they're all it's like ten of them. They really should have had them together the like most of the Last Jedi
0: because most of their separation in the OG trilogy was just Luke on Dagobah training.
1: Yeah, like, and then he, when the entire he went to- first movie was them together. Let's rescue Leia, and then. They're together for a very long time, and they're all communicating when they kill the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Second one is like, hey, they're together on Hoth, and you got all that like drama where uh, he's back, and they kiss each other on Hoth after he gets stuffed into an animal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that scene is still, you're like, you can see the heat rising off those guts. And the tauntaun. Ugh. Yeah. Well, let me
0: continue here with this article okay. about John Boyega, an interview about, uh, well, I'll just dig into it here. The Force Awakens, and this is John Boyega speaking, The Force Awakens, I think, was the beginning of something quite solid, Boyega said in an interview with Hype Beast. The Last Jedi, if I'm being honest, I'd say that was feeling uh, that was feeling a bit iffy for me. I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the choices in that, and that's something that I spoke with Mark Hamill quite a bit about, and we had conversations about it. And it was hard for all of us because we were separated. Uh, comparatively, he felt the original trilogy did a better job establishing a beloved trio. He goes on saying, I guess the original Star Wars films, there was much more of a trio feel where it was essentially about Luke's journey, but Han and Leia, uh, there was a strong dynamic, which I think, I don't know how quickly we're going to be able to establish the long term dynamic with episode nine, Boyega explained. But if it's exploring that dynamic, then that would be cool. I do feel even after three films still, We don't know them as much as we got to know Han, Luke, and Leia, and maybe that's a great opportunity to get to know them a little bit more, which hopefully we'll find in episode nine, and I think we will. So going on here, Richard E. Grant recently had a tweet uh, of his first look in watch of The Rise of Skywalker. Who's he? Which was glowing. I will get into that here. So he, of course, plays First Order leader, Allegiant General Pride. He was brought on specifically for this movie. He shared a glowing spoiler-free review on Twitter. He also had more to say in an interview with Yahoo, saying, quote, The big character plot twist that I had no idea would be coming, Grant said. It made total emotional sense and story sense, and I thought that was really smart. And I think that's an incredible thing to take something that began with the first movie in 1977 with New Hope, and nine movies later reach a conclusion and resolution. He went on to say, it runs the risk—and this is what kind of worries me a little bit, Ryan— It runs the risk of the Game of Thrones syndrome, where there's no way you can please all the people all the time because people are so emotionally invested in the story. Grant continued, The movie that they're going to see may not be the movie they have in their heads to see, but for a four-decade-long fan as I am, I thought it pulled off that feat incredibly well. Okay. Hmm. But, I mean, that's with any conclusion to anything. Unless there's already a script for you, like Lord of the Rings... It's gonna be incredibly challenging to bring a nine movie saga to completion and please every fan out there.
1: Well, I thought Lost ended well. Yeah, well, you're in the minority there. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones it all made sense how it ended. It was just rushed towards the end. Cause the conclusion of Game of Thrones,
0: I wasn't I, I didn't care about it. I thought it was fine. It's how quickly it was it was done.
1: Yeah. Um I don't know. I, th- I think I know the plot spoiler From like Reddit And I don't want Should we talk about that? Uh, is it beyond what we've seen already? Yes Okay well Maybe, Like it- in trailers and stuff Well we've already had a preface by saying spoilers so So this is the thing I think we- I don't know if we talked about this It's where she says I'm a Skywalker Yeah At the end with like hooded I think that's going to be what they're talking about And it's going to be like no, you're not a Skywalker, but I think in original lore, Skywalkers were anyone that like maybe Jedi's that traveled the galaxy or something like that were sky deemed skywalkers. Well, I think that's kind of what this whole movie is kind of setting up is
0: the rise of Skywalkers, not necessarily Kylo or Rey or any one person. Skywalker, I think is for here on moving forward is meant to be synonymous with Jedi. Yeah. and so I think that's where we're we're heading. And before I get to this next article, I will say, the, the soundtrack that was released on the Golden Globes website, whatever it was, I listened to it beginning to end, I don't think that's the entirety of the soundtrack. Okay. Because the opening thing, the final song on the soundtrack was not like a send-off song because like with every Star Wars movie, there's a send-off into the credits and it plays the generic, not the generic, but the general Star Wars song by John Williams that we've known since A New Hope in 1977. Yeah. I implore people to stop listening to this podcast if you really don't want to know
1: the last song that I heard. I don't want to know the last song you heard. You don't? No, of course not. It's
0: probably not even the last song.
1: What is the last song? It was. Now I want to know. <laughs> it was the last track
0: on this, but I don't think that's actually going to be the final how, song. How big spoilery is it? I would say it pretty much just validates what you just said. Oh, the Skywalker thing. Yeah, it's Ray's theme.
1: Oh well, I I
0: figured Ray would. Ha- she already has a theme. Why no? But that's the point. It plays. That's the last song on the soundtrack.
1: Oh, that she's victorious and she doesn't lose the empire.
0: Yeah, that was her my emperor. initial thought. And then your sister, in all of her brilliance, said, "Well, wait a second. Just because it's her theme doesn't necessarily mean that's it's uh, applauding her performance and her success. What if it's actually her funeral?
1: That would be cool.
0: Maybe she fakes her death. Because." I never knew this because I was too young at the time, but the, the soundtrack and track listing for Phantom Menace released before the movie's release the last two songs are Qui Gon's End and then Qui Gon's Funeral. So, like, people mm. knew at the very beginning of the movie that this guy, this Jedi Master, was going to inevitably die at the end of the film.
1: Interesting.
0: So, what if it's not only her theme, it's her funeral? And they're memorializing her, and you see her force goes with with Han, or not Han, but Luke and Leia, and Kylo is the next generation of, of Jedi. He's redeemed, and I don't know how all that plays out. I'd be
1: cool with that. I'd be totally cool with that. Kill off Rey, Han comes back to the dark side, or from the dark side. Kylo does. You said Han. He comes back to life. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, no, uh,
0: Kylo, he goes... Because once I read this mother effing article
1: like it's you're not going to want to not see the movie if this doesn't play out well I want I still love the Padme death scene not Padme death scene where she gives birth the funeral for her Mm -hmm. like that level like procession and what
0: if we had the same thing for Rey? I would be happy yeah that's all
1: I want in every freaking movie that we've talked about so far I've wanted a good death scene that mirrors for Leia mm -hmm. which would be amazing because it's her mom or for Rey. I just want that callback. Because Richard E. Grant said this character plot twist that made emotional
0: story sense was just earth shattering to him. He didn't see it coming. Everyone thinks, well, like, Rey is absolutely going to be the hero at the end of all this. That's what these three movies have been setting up or these prior two, She's inevitably going to be the hero. But what if she she is, but in her heroicness, she she passes away. She dies. I'd be cool with that. In an effort to save Kylo. Here we are to read this amazing article that I found. Strap in, folks. I think this is incredible. And just bear with me because I'm going to be doing a lot of reading here. Ryan, feel free to interject at any given moment. Okay. Some supposed leaks for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker... So this is about Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, ...make it seem like the story has some eerie similarities to some of the biggest twists from Harry Potter. Oh. And a relatively new theory about Kylo Ren, if true, would mean a huge revelation that... That'll feel just like the big Severus Snape twist in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Mm. An intriguing but slightly far-fetched theory posted at the Star Wars Speculation subreddit in November argues the real reason Ben Solo fell to the dark side to become Kylo Ren was so he could infiltrate the dark from within to vanquish Palpatine once and for all. So this person prefaces their post on Reddit by saying, okay, I'm new here. I'm just an average Star Wars fan, never seen the animated stuff, never read any books, but I have a theory. And that wasn't validated, but it doesn't matter.
1: Here we go. He's a lying prick. He's seen
0: it all. (laughs) Yeah. Kylo was a young man, got a vision. He saw that Palpatine was still out there. He knew that the only thing that could ever bring peace was to destroy him once and for all, like his grandfather started. So he realized that the only way to, to do that was to go to the dark side, deep undercover if you like, so that Palpatine would reveal himself. Killing his dad was merely a step in that direction. He knew that Palpatine would see and feel that Kylo was coming to him, but he was just burying the light light side as deep as he could. And as he knows, he can't do it himself. Hence, him trying to draw Rey to him for help. Rise of Skywalker is him tossing aside Kylo and becoming Ben Skywalker
1: and destroying Palpatine. Well, yeah, so what if Han Solo, when they do the like final like do-what-you-gotta-do kind of thing, mm-hmm. maybe Han's in on it. And it would make Han's death not irrelevant. So this article goes on to address that.
0: Kylo Ren wavers between light and dark side of the Force throughout The Force Awakens. And when speaking to Darth Vader's helmet, he says, quote, I will finish what you started. Now, this is beginning to negate what we got confirmed in this new clip by saying, by Palpatine saying, I've been every voice in your head. But there's still hope here. So we go on a new hope. Is this the true meaning of that quote? This conversation in that particular quote has been the source of so much speculation in the years since. Is Kylo Ren referring to Darth Vader's deeds wiping out the Jedi and embracing the dark side? Or is it his longer journey towards redemption and destroying the Sith? Was Anakin truly the chosen one still, bringing balance to the force? Is it Kylo Ren's legacy to do the same? Anakin's journey is one that is one through darkness towards redemption, So for Kylo Ren to finish what his grandfather started by doing something similar makes a lot of sense. If that's the case, then Kylo Ren killing Han Solo in The Force Awakens feels a lot like Severus Snape killing Albus Dumbledore and the Half-Blood Prince. When we first see this deed take place, it feels like an act of of murder, an evil act of murder. It isn't until the Deathly Hallows that we learn when Dumbledore said, please Severus, he was begging not for his own life, but for his friend's conviction. Is it possible that like Snape, Ben Solo struggles between the light and dark because he's called toward the light and is forcing himself into the dark so that he can defeat a greater evil. Quote, I'm being torn apart, Kylo Ren says moments before murdering his father in The Force Awakens. I want to be free of this pain. Han Solo was hardly a Dumbledore figure in Star Wars, but there are still some intriguing parallels between those two mur- murders.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Riku in Kingdom Hearts where he has to take on the dark side or become in the embodiment of the dark side to help the light Yeah, as well. Not that that was as well thought out as Harry Potter, but... Absolutely not. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's an, an, inter- an interesting thought. And if you look back in the prequels, Anakin in, I think, The Attack of the Clones and certainly in Revenge of the Sith, he has these visions of his mom dying mm-hmm. and he has visions of Padme dying, giving birth to their, their children. So what if Kylo, as a young boy, perhaps when he was even training with
1: Luke, he had visions of Palpatine coming back, Palpatine well, killing someone? Well, if Palpatine is Snoke, and or Snoke is Palpatine's puppet, then indirectly, hearing the voices that Leia already addressed, like, oh, excuse me, it's all that monster. <coughs> um, Leia already said that, like, he had... Um, received visions or whatever was pulled to the dark by Snoke and Snoke is Palpatine indirectly so I mean that confirms that there off of what's currently happened yeah whether the, it's like specifically Palpatine's face mean, like what's up boy I'm here yeah
0: the only thing that worries me as much as I love this theory and I think Kylo can still be redeemed regardless of what's what's talked about here is just that when I saw Force Awakens and I I saw him staring at Vader's mask, saying, I'm going to finish what you started. I'm like, did anyone tell him that Vader came back and killed Palpatine? Quote-unquote killed. Yeah. But if, if it was Vader's voice that was actually Palpatine saying, like just manipulating him to say Vader never came back or Vader never wanted to come back, whatever he says to channel that hate and anger to come back to the dark side or come to the dark side
1: r- remains to be seen, right? But Well, if he was seeing it specifically from like the dark side and he said, I'll do what you started, thinking that he never came back. What was Vader's mission as a dark side person? I'll do what you started. His his, his dark side mission was just to kill Jedi, or to serve the Emperor. No,
0: I mean, Anakin's...
1: The only reason why Anakin was going to the dark side is because he wanted
0: to save Padme. And then when he couldn't, that's when he went nuts and just served under the Emperor
1: for as long as he did. Yeah, so Vader's only mission was to... uh, Because he can't bring Padme back. His only other mission was to take down evil, or as Anakin, Mm -hmm. which would assume that Kylo knew that he turned back to the good side.
0: I mean, I'd I'd hope he would
1: know that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so it remains to be seen how this is all going to shake out and, and go down. All I really want from this movie, whether that's the truth, the, the source of the truth, with that whole Snape-like scenario going on, probably not.
1: I understand that. It's it's a cool theory to think about. It really makes like begs the question: Why the hell don't these directors listen to all these crazy fan theories and make them happen? Because tying in those elements would be a hell of a lot better stories than what they've currently come up with. I agree. It, it makes like are they completely like off the internet because. It takes, like, two minutes of, like, a YouTube search to be, like, awesome film theory on this thing to find a cooler theory than what happened in The Last Jedi. Well, I like, think Star Wars Theory's channel
0: on YouTube, like, why well, I don't think he'd be a great director. He very well could be. I don't know. He directed that. Uh, the Vader thing, which was fantastic, but at least a screenwriter. Yeah. Like, my gosh, the things that he's come up with. I mean, his, the first video he ever put on his channel, because I watched, after you and I watched that trailer that came out two days ago. Yeah. With... The whole, I've been every voice in your head. I watched him watch it for the first time live. Yeah. And the first video he ever put on his YouTube channel was, what if Snoke is Palpatine? They're one and the same. And so he was freaking out like, my theory was confirmed. Like the first (laughs) video I ever put on this channel that really started what he is now. Yeah. Which he has like 2 million subscribers. His life is that. Yeah. That's literally his profession is working for Star Wars theory.
1: Oh, yeah. Which is a creation of his own. I will definitely have to watch that one. Yeah, I mean, that I like that theory a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we there was that theory back in Force Awaken timing for the at least Ben is the rogue agent who has to turn the dark side to take down Snoke. I think it was that time, mm-hmm. but now Snoke's Palpatine. So, how much he knows, who I don't know, but it's a cool theory for sure.
0: Yeah, I. So let's maybe shift gears. Let's let's start talking about how we think this movie is going to be received. Let me pull up actually real quick all of these Star Wars movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And let's just kind of compare the different movies and what we think, where we think this movie is going to come in before we discuss our favorites in order, re-ranking them. If you go back and listen to episode two. I think the Force is strong with this one or or something along those lines was the episode title
1: was that Force Awakens or Force or Last Jedi we had
0: seen The Last Jedi at that point
1: oh yeah because it's only been a year
0: yep so go back and listen to that episode I honestly don't have my ranking of those movies but I will tell you that my rankings now are a lot different than they were back then
1: okay so my rankings let me see
0: if I have them let me go through the Rotten Tomato scores real quick
1: okay cool I'll copy and paste this then
0: so, starting with Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, has a 54% in Rotten Tomatoes. So not great.
1: 54?
0: Yeah. Wow. Even more impressive, but definitely a head-scratcher for me, Episode 2, Attack of the Glones, got a 66%. Better okay. than Phantom Menace. I thought Phantom Menace was better. Me too. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, got an 80% in Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's a respectable score. Yeah. Episode 4, A New Hope, got a 93%.
1: Okay. Episode
0: 5, The Empire Strikes Back, got a 95%. And then this is just completely baffling to me. Episode 6, Revenge Revenge of the Jedi, that's what it was originally called, (laughs) Return of the Jedi, got an 81%.
1: I liked that movie a lot.
0: So, then we get into the sequel trilogy here. Um, Well, I guess before that you also have Rogue One, which got an 83%. Well deserved. And...
1: Where's Solo? Solo got a 70%. Wow. So It, it makes you... Okay, I, I kind of understand the 50% because it was totally different than what happened. Like, the last movie that they saw was Return of the Jedi. Right? It's Return of the Jedi. It's mm-hmm. the, the sixth one. And it went right to that one, which is completely different than the original series. Like That's why Phantom Menace would be lower. And then it picked up a little bit in Attack of the Clones and then picked up when people got used to like this is the new style. Yeah. It's true. And then it went to the third one. Mm-hmm. Which I'm surprised the third one's only like an eighty, but okay. So Rogue one
0: again got an eighty three. The Force Awakens got a ninety three percent and the last Jedi got a ninety one percent. Okay. So all interesting things. Ryan, where do we think the Rise of Skywalker is gonna come in on the tomato meter? Is this by critics or by viewers? This is critic. So there's two scores. So like if you look at The Last Jedi, critic is 91% and the audience score is
1: 43%. Yeah. I think it's going to be... I'm thinking like an 87. I'm thinking... I don't know. Those last two movies are extremely high and I feel like the Metacritic viewer scores are skewed a little bit. There's no way The Last Jedi was a 91%. I agree. Yeah, and I guess I we have to bloat the score a little bit just for that. i say it's going to come around to 70. Really? That low? But it's going to bloat to maybe like an 82. Okay. So I, I think my score is going to be close to like a 70. And I think with reviews, depending, it's going to go up to like an 82. 82. See, I'm probably
0: going to be eating my words here in a week from now. But I'm I'm hyping myself up so much. What we will end up doing when we talk about our favorite Star Wars movies... I've done that for the last two movies. I'm trying to be more realistic. <laughs> oh, no. I'm all in right now. I'm so hyped for this. So, um, Oh, I am
1: too. I'm extremely ready to see this.
0: I think And not sleep yeah. on Thursday. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so Rise of Skywalker I think is going to come in at around 87% for me. I think audience score...
1: Closer to a 60, 70?
0: Yeah. yeah. I want to say like, oh, it's going to be 92. But like with so much hate coming into this movie for like most of the fan base,
1: I feel well, like it's not so much that it's just freaking Last Jedi set all the plot things up and dropped the ball on that. Mm-hmm. Like you had so many cool things to explore and then it dropped. So I feel like a lot of this movie is going to be cleanup. What are we missing? We have to find things to give us a task to find a new villain. You killed off the last villain, like the Snoke character, because Snoke could have been like, I don't know. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of fetch questy stuff that people are going to rant about, which is why it's going to go down a little bit. Like, let's get the beacon yeah. to find Snoke or Sidious, and then let's uh, find a dagger and then run around here. I'm, I'm going to go Catch crazy here. I'm going to
0: say it's going to come in at 92% critic. Okay. And... audience score after the first week because Last Jedi originally was like 60% audience score and over the the months it just kept going down because we re rewatched it well there's like over 200,000 audience score reviews Uh so like they just continue to go down because initially it's like oh 80% 70% you know 68 it kept plummeting as more and more people watched it and reviewed it yeah but I think I think Rise of Skywalker is going to be received a lot better. And actually, let's go to Force Awakens and see what the audience score was for that. So audience score for Force Awakens was 86. Okay. So what did I just say for audience score for Rise of Skywalker? 78. Yeah, 78 I think is respectable. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Okay, cool. Well, then why don't we get into our ranking our favorite Star Wars movies, Ryan? Okay. So, again, I don't really remember what I ranked my movies last time. All I know is Last Jedi was a lot higher on the list last time. Yeah. It's gone down
1: considerably. And uh, so let me get my list up here. I can go through my last list. Oh, please do. So I have Revenge of the Sith as number one, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones.
0: Okay. I also included, and if you didn't, that's totally fine. I included Rogue One and Solo in my list this time. Yeah,
1: I did this time. That was my old list. Got it. Okay, cool. Because I don't think Solo came out. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I think it had not come out. No, that, that was early this year. Yep. Well. Yeah. Last year. 2018. I think it came out like right after we recorded the episode. Oh, did it? Yeah. Something like that. Maybe. Yeah. It's been out since, is all that matters. That's, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We don't need to argue about it.
1: Yeah, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> it's this year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so go ahead, I guess. You want to kick it off? Do you want to just do number one, number two? Yeah, let's and do just it. Back and forth? Yeah. Empire Strikes Back, number one. Really? After watching it again?
0: Yeah. Okay, so Ryan I should also say, we went through all of the movies this week.
1: I didn't watch Solo. Oh, I didn't fucking watch that. <laughs> because I don't kidding? care about that movie. So I uh, you see it once, and like the only thing that matters is Darth Maul and Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. That's Yeah, that's why we're there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I didn't I didn't
0: watch it. Yeah, forget it. But um Ryan and I did go through the original sequel and prequels over the past week so we'd have fresh viewings of these movies so we could, you know, appropriately rank them again. Yeah. My number one is Return of the Jedi. Okay. I still Cannot get over that I I love Endor and the Ewoks And the speeder bike chase scene with Leia and Luke And just the fall Or or Luke Helping Vader come back To the light side That scene and that whole dynamic I think is so brilliantly done And it never gets old No matter the number of times I see it Mm -hmm. And just the way the movie kicks off too With Luke having his black robes And he's become a Jedi Master at that point It's hot When R2 spits out his lightsaber and he does a Jedi flip and ignites that green lightsaber for the first time. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how orgasmic would that have been if you saw that in the theaters in 1983? That would have been really exciting. That would have been amazing. So there's so many moments in that movie that just put all of these over the edge.
1: Yeah. And Empire Strikes Back, you've got obviously the one of the biggest plot twists in all of history that only like two people knew the plot or that leak. Um, I think it was George Lucas and Mark Hamill were mm-hmm. the only people who knew about it. Um, you have Hoth, which is a crazy walk. You got the walkers. You got the little things that go around those walkers. Yeah. The um... You got giant furry white creatures that eat tauntauns. Um, you got Yoda for the first time, which is always a good one. Yeah. I love him smacking R2-D2 with his stick. Yeah. <laughs> Just made me laugh.
0: Well, uh, he's just so much more of a comedic relief character in the original trilogy mm-hmm. versus the prequels where he's like this historian, like, professor that no one wants to have because he's an old hack that no one wants to talk to. Yeah. And he pr- he basically calls out everyone on things that they're wrong
1: about. Yeah, and this one, he's just like the crazy old man from down the street who happens to be a force user. Exactly. I love it. It's great. And then he goes to rescue um, in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. And you got... Lando. hey let's have some dinner and then casually vader's vader. just stand standing there with have boba you, fett i watched the robot chicken of like that scene and it's just all them silently sitting like eating so it's like hey so how's your f-? like vader asking leia how's your father doing you blew up my planet <laughs> he died and he's like oh and it's like him trying to drink water and it's like he has to drink it through a straw through his mask. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. It was really well done. So look up that scene for Robot Chicken. Yeah, it's a good movie. No Empire's
0: a great choice. And, of course, it's very high on my list as well. I guess, what is your number two then? Uh, Return of the Jedi. So you're number one. Wow, okay. Very good stuff. Yeah. My number two is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So... There's not a whole lot of surprises on these top ones. It'll probably be as we get further down.
1: I think the top four are obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so for me. Actually, there's one you'll probably be a little surprised about, but yeah. what's your number
1: three then? My number three is New Hope. Okay. Yeah. My number three is Empire. Okay. And then I'm guessing your number four is probably pretty obvious. Force Awakens. Really? Yeah. I like that more than A New Hope. They're not, the same movie, except I, one's an upgrading graphics.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I think just there's a lot of things in The Force Awakens that I I, I don't want to say it's done better because I can't say that George Lucas's, you know, vision in 1977 is like JJ did it better necessarily. But yeah, I just I like seeing the aged characters of of Han and Leia, their interactions, knowing that their their son has, you know, been corrupted and gone to the dark side in Kylo. Kylo's if he has a redeeming arc in Rise of Skywalker, will solidify him as being my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Okay, Ahsoka kind of holds that that baton right now, but it could easily be passed if if Kylo has a satisfying arc in the Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, I don't know who my favorite character is.
0: And if you go back and watch Probably a new Jabba Hope of the Hut, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> He's all I want to be in
0: life. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. If you just go back and watch a new Hope, it's just. It's, it's super cheesy, like a lot of the dialogue
1: is kind of like... Yeah, but it's the start of an adventure, the same way I mean, not to the caliber of Fellowship of the Rings, but it's the same I love watching the movies where it's the start of a journey. Yeah, knowing And those that- characters, the original trio and the original mission that camaraderie between the three mm-hmm. I mean, it's really Finn and Rey that camaraderie, you don't get the trio. And it's that bickering and those interactions that start that journey you yeah, know i agree and listen people i'm not saying a new hope
0: is a bad movie for me it's probably still a nine out of ten like it's yeah. it's an incredible film to your point that it started this saga of nine freaking movies that we love i mean ryan and i like live and breathe star wars like it's one of my favorite things in in all forms of entertainment whether it's movies music video games anything tv Star Wars is at the forefront of all of that for me. Yeah, um, and New Hope for it's
1: number five for me. Right, nice. it comes right after Force Awakens. So my number four, because I haven't gotten to that, is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So my top four is pretty obvious: the original, and then the best one of the original three or the prequels. prequels. Absolutely. Yeah. So my number five is Rogue One. Okay. I love the crap out of Rogue One. It's A Star Wars movie, it's got these crazy, lush planets, oversaturated, just beautiful beaches. You've got so many more stormtroopers who are actually moving. Like, if you look back at A New Hope, there's a lot of, like, mannequin stormtroopers. That are kind of just standing there? Yeah. Like, even when the Millennium Falcon's just chilling there and Vader's like, what's going on with this? There's, like, a pack of mannequins and there's two mannequin guys. Yeah, there's lots of mannequins. You got shore troopers in Rogue One, you've got death troopers. Like that opening scene where you have uh Krennic with his ship and then you've just got a line of death troopers. These black dudes with shotguns. They're just awesome. They're like a bunch of master chiefs walking around. Oh yeah. And then you get to see the first ignition of the Death Star, mm-hmm. which is amazing and I love seeing the destruction that it has. Like just even a smaller cuz we know it blows up a planet, it's hard to like beat that. But you when you see it blow up a city and then you see it sh- I love watching meteors hit the earth, like hypotheticals, like what would happen. So you see that projectile of all the sediment and everything like a volcano going into the atmosphere. It looks really cool visually. You got the like shock wave and then just this wall of rocks yeah. as it like eats into the core. Yeah. I love the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, all the characters are great. Like, I watched that, and watching... Um, Jin? Baze so. and um, the blind dude. Oh, like, yeah. Like, their interactions and, like, that friendship. Um, Like, when they both died. Mm-hmm. Like, him watching his friend, and then, like, taking on the words, like, I am one with the force, and the force is with me. Yeah. Like, just like he was just giving him sh- his friend shit for the entire movie. Yeah. Like, those interactions are so... Genuine, and you see the characters progress so much in those movies, opposed to any progression in the new two movies. Mm-hmm. So I think that one's for sure the best. What like of the new trilogy?
0: Yeah, I think it was one of the best examples in in film that I can recollect of going on an adventure where we're no we know we're not coming home, but yeah. we know we're serving a greater
1: purpose to save potentially millions of people. And I've I've heard there be like it doesn't. It's not necessary that the story is told, but it's how the hell in the New Hope does Leia have these plans all of a sudden that start the entire journey? This is the explanation of the people who sacrificed themselves. Yeah. So, I thought it was really well done. It, I mean, Solo could have been any genre. Like it could have been. It didn't have to be Star Wars. The story could have been told in, like, space cowboys. I think but when I love one does when... Star Wars. I, I agree,
0: and I think when Star Wars is at its best is when I go in, and I'm already setting myself up for failure with Rise of Skywalker, but when I go in with very low expectations, not even understanding why I'm there, like Mandalorian, I started this show because everyone's going to watch Mandalorian, it's more Star Wars, but like I didn't think it was going to be good at all, and no. then here we are, Baby Yoda's
1: taking the internet by storm, it's a fantastic show. It's, you like united the fan base. Yeah. And the entire internet on this thing is adorable.
0: Yeah, well, the same can be said for Rogue One, though, when I go into it and I'm like, I haven't heard anything about this. I haven't been reading reviews. I have no idea how this plays out. All I know is that it's all about how that they get the Death Star plans in Leia's hands. Yeah. Flash forward to us seeing it in the theater, I think, up north when we were still in school. We're watching this movie play out. It's really good times. We're loving it. And then the final moments of the film, we have all of these rebel soldiers trying to get this plan through this, this area and we see the ship land mm-hmm. and then this is Corridor and you see Vader's lightsaber ignite. And I don't remember vividly my reaction, but I feel like you and I probably just like locked eyes and you could just see hearts over our heads. Like yeah. oh my gosh, this is happening because it wasn't spoiled for me. I had no idea it was gonna happen. And just the raw, untamed, true power of Darth Vader that was never captured in the original trilogy, was in full force, just wrecking these guys, capturing bullets, Crushing people's throats and jugulars, throwing them against the walls, ripping through them with his lightsaber, and somehow the plan still managed to get through that door. But just seeing that alone makes that movie. And it's only infinitely compounded when you have all these other great characters like Baze and the blind guy. Or the uh, the
1: robot guy who's amazing. Yeah, who's
0: who's voiced by Alan um, uh, Turdike or whatever his last name is. He was He's in, hilarious. He was in Firefly. He's just an outstanding
1: actor. And you really get to see Darth Vader's castle. And he gets to say a cheesy line from, like, similar to how the original... Like, don't choke on your aspirations. Like, to Dr. or to Krennic. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that would be in the original three movies, that type of line. Oh, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whoever directed that, I'm not sure who
0: who it was, I think had such an appreciation for the lore and for what A New Hope in that that trilogy was. Yeah. And so it so easily could have been filmed in, like not easily but it could have been fit into like 1974 and then a new hope could have been the successor to that and it would have made perfect sense because yeah. everything that was filmed i mean certainly the cgi and everything that was involved with that was to 2018-17 standards or whatever but it, it just the story itself that the script could have fit very well into that era
1: yeah and i love that movie it's great i wish i could put it higher on my list but you got some some pretty powerful. It's tough to compete with. Yeah. Tough to compete with. So yeah, for me, my number six was Rogue One. Okay. Nice. Looks like my number six is a Phantom Menace. Okay. And nice. that's mainly because of Darth Maul being the best, and Pod racing being awesome, and you just you get to start a new journey with these new characters, and you got Liam Neeson who's awesome. I mean, you got the downer of like the Gunyans, but you got the cool like boat ride through the center of the planet and you got some cool glowy balls that kill droids. Well, just the Battle of Naboo where they had this giant force field-like
0: area with all of these droids coming in on these crazy ships. Outstanding soundtrack. I mean, this might be one of John Williams' best composed soundtracks for a Star Wars movie despite how terrible the dialogue was and other things that brought it down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was obviously for another generation or a younger generation. That's why the older fans who grew up with the original three movies felt kind of alienated and that's why it was probably the first of the three new ones or the prequels has a 53 Mm -hmm. and it it, going into the next one they kind of understood this is what the new trilogy is going to be like so they got the uh clones as a 66 so like it it makes sense in the progression but there's so many good elements and starting anakin's journey It's just it was a fun time yeah you get to see uh palpatine
0: yeah, um, well, it's What's honestly... What was his first name? The Chancellor, Sheev. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so
0: good. It's so bad. Sheev Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I think um, for, for you and I, we grew up with these movies, and I, there's very few movies that I can remember seeing in the theaters at, like, before 10, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. Iron Giant is the other one. This came out in 99. Did
1: they do a re-release of Iron Giant is why you saw it? Because I think the Iron Giant was like... It was like 97 or Oh, was it that? I thought it was way before that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure The Iron Giant. Let
0: me, let me validate this.
1: God, I love The Iron Giant. Such a good movie. Well, it was
0: 99, so it was the same year. Oh, okay. What a great movie. What a great year for films for Rusty as a young young Padawan learner. Is that a, that's Disney, right? Is that no, Disney? it was not Disney. Okay. And it was a separate animation studio.
1: I don't know who it was. Talk about a Rotten Tomatoes score, 96. It's well earned. I don't. I don't think I could think of one bad thing that happened in that movie.
0: You know, it, it really makes me think about naming my future son Hogarth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that he's like, Hogarth? What a name, <laughs> the that The guy one. with the laxatives? Yeah. Ah, uh, so good. I just loved, because I was really into Zoids. And Zoids are like these mechanical guns that fight each other on a battlefield. That was only square, five square miles, which seems really small for these like skyscraper-sized Things. when his eyes went red and like all these different yeah these guns, guns came out. pop out and then he like shoots a laser that just disappears a tank and then he shoots like this freaking bomb thing into the ocean because he like saws and it's like an atomic bomb going off yeah because <laughs> it's that era of like cold war fear yeah of like the enemy so good and then he like he's like superman and then you see the little bolt at the end oh such a good movie that's my number one yeah, Star Wars that's movie. that's <laughs> probably my number
0: seven star wars movie <laughs> just remove yeah oh my gosh yeah so my number seven all of that to say was um the phantom menace and the story i was getting at was when i went and saw that i was with my sister my dad one of my childhood friends danny and his dad so the two dads sat on the opposite side of the theater and the three kids sat on one side and i remember looking over at my friend danny because once Liam Neeson got stabbed and died, both he and I were tearing up, and we were six, yeah. you know. But like, you grew attached to that guy, and the the two hours that we we got to know him, um, and just we 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 had the foresight of what Liam Neeson would become in you know cinematic history, you know, and yeah. and, and taken, and we, we we had Zeus exactly. We saw all that coming.
1: So what else was he? He's Zeus, taken. He's done other things. Yeah. Why, why am I blanking on what Liam Neeson... He's a god. He's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> in a lot of movies, all right? Yeah. What's your number... What is this, eight? Force Awakens is my next one. Okay. Yeah, we, we talked about it. It's a good movie. Uh, rehashes a lot of the same story elements as A New Hope. You got a new trio. Ray is beautiful. She. I don't know how, the longevity of her as an actor. Daisy Cause, Ridley? Yeah, because we just saw... What was the the argument movie?
0: yeah so adam driver is a phenomenal actor he was recently in a netflix movie with scarlett johansson called marriage story yeah don't exhaust yourselves watching the whole movie just go on youtube and type in marriage story argument there's it's a two-parter i think each video is like two two and a half half to three minutes my goodness give that guy a best actor trophy because yeah and scarlett johansson should get a best actress because my god she's great yeah, It was just a phenomenal scene, but my goodness, was also it... Also, the Black Widow movie looks awesome. It does. We're not going to get into that right now, but um, that scene looked exhausting.
1: Yeah, I... How many takes?
0: That would have taken... I've Yeah, like crazy. They're, they're
1: tearing up the entire time, and like... Oh. The,
0: hate, I, the hatred that they have to channel and deliver these lines that are just like, so cutting and crippling of the other person. And Adam
1: Driver seems like a cool dude, and Scarlett Johansson is awesome. Yeah. She's super friendly. So, yeah I don't know Daisy Ridley's longevity Like how versatile Her as a person could be She did one about Clue Like a murder mystery On a train The murder on the Orient Express That's actually a really
0: good movie Is it? Yeah One of my buddies, um, Mark He was in my wedding party When he got married uh, It was like the night before We kind of had a A night before bachelor party Type thing We went and saw that
1: movie How was she?
0: It's tough to remember because there were so many actors in that yeah, movie yeah, like were. Josh Gad was in it. Johnny Depp was in it. There was a, a plethora of them. I, I don't remember all of them. and they were all in this tight trained space. So like it was tough to have their moment. Yeah. The but I think actors she,
1: like overshine.
0: yeah. so to be for her to be at the forefront of a movie, I don't know, but I think to be kind of a a supporting actress in, yeah, in movies. I, I think she could be. Do a good job.
1: Yeah, and then Finn, he's cool. Like, I can see him in stuff. Oh, John is awesome. He's already, I mean, he was in that giant robot fighting movie. Yeah. With the Chimera. Yeah, Chimera. He's good stuff. Yeah. Has he been in anything else?
0: I think he was in that movie with Tom Hanks and Emma
1: Watson. Okay. It was a really weird movie. Don't worry about it. Okay, I did not see that one. So, yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was cool. We got more lightsaber fighting. Um, a Death Star, a new star planet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I a New Hope 2.0, if you will. Pretty much.
1: What's your number nine, then? Solo is my number nine. Oh,
0: wait, no. My number eight. I didn't say that. Last Jedi. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, there's some redeeming qualities. There's few. The cine- cinematic, like, is beautiful. Like, yeah, I mean, the, c- the crate scene, I love. That that pan out scene when you have Kylo and Luke, and you, you have... All of the crate kind of captured there, and the distance between them was beautifully shot. I mean, if anything, I can say about Last Jedi to, to really applaud it and hold it to a high pedestal, if you will, was just the, the way it was shot. The cinematography is phenomenal.
1: Yes, but there's,
0: from a, a character progression and building upon what Force Awakens established, there's not a whole lot in general. There's not a whole lot going
1: on there. No, yeah, I, I will give it credit for that scene. Except the part that ruins it is freaking Luke's, like, brush off my shoulder. I feel like we had an early nine er, 1990s rap song. Yeah. Brush the dirt off my shoulder. That- and I was like, God, when did Luke become a douchebag? Right? Well, I think Mark Hamill was probably saying the same thing. Yeah. I mean, So, like, that stuff irritated me. But, like, I love the visuals, even though it's, like, plot destroying of that shock. I love shockwaves. So, like... In the second one, where he had those depth charges in space and the meteors from the uh, Django Fets ship, mm. and just blows up, and I got a shockwave, and it's like, Browrowrow. oh yeah, 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 those things. Um, I love shockwaves just in general. So like watching bombs go off and you see the like ripple of the sound and that delayed, it's just really fascinating to me. So like seeing the shockwave of her speed lighting into their ship. We're going light speed. Oh, that was awesome. It was beautiful. Like, and the contrast, I liked that a lot. I didn't want to see Laura Dern die, but whatever. Yeah, she's cool. Um, Vice Admiral Holdo, or whatever her name was. Yeah, yeah, her and her purple hair. Yeah, I liked it. Um, Makes me want to go wa- like, watch Jurassic Park again, like the original.
0: <laughs> yeah, if anything, thinking about Last Jedi just makes me want to watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, yeah. You saw her and you're like,
1: okay. I remember her raptor scene in the end of the first one. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Like besides that, you got the throne room scene, which is really interesting. There's a video that you showed me about Daisy going through and explaining what had to happen
0: Yeah, just everything that it took to film that scene, which is interesting. you know, I started watching the last Jedi a couple days ago when we were kind of preparing for this episode and I got about 20 minutes in and i I literally just paused it and I thought for a second, I know how the rest of this movie's gonna play out. I don't need to see it again for for me to appropriately rank it on this list. I'm done with it. Yeah, like the throne rune scene when you that see— that makes it, a good movie when you, <laughs> you yeah. go
1: only twenty minutes. And well, done that's it the awesome. thing. Like
0: Return of the Jedi, or Revenge of the Sith. Like I can watch that movie repeatedly, and the certain scenes in it, whether it's Luke bringing Vader back or the Battle of the Heroes scene on Mustafar or the Duel of Fates with with Obi Wan and Darth Maul and Qui Gon Jinn. I can watch those scenes. Like a million times and it never really grows old for me. Yeah. But the throne room scene is kinda just like Yeah, whatever. The shock value was off the charts when I saw it in theaters. Like the first time. But after the fact it's kinda just like, Yeah, okay, Snoke dies, let's move on to Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So mine isn't that high for The Last Jedi on my list, but yeah. Okay well
0: my number nine you said was solo mine's also solo okay I just don't think there's a whole lot going on there we talk about going into Star Wars movies with expectations I went in with zero expectations and it was about
1: right there at zero for me walking away from it like I mean I it wasn't as bad as the internet made it out to be and it wasn't needed we the reason there was so much shit given to that movie is because there was so much disrespect on The Last Jedi like that's the reason the internet got hyped on like What the fuck is going on in this new series? And that's why it got shat on. And like, it's—I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's just kind of let's give it a seventy and call it a day, yeah. Kind of thing. Um, Amelia Clark, the greatest. She'll always be my Khaleesi. Yeah. But (laughs) but, I mean, her and Darth Maul at the end are the two main plot points that are awesome. Yeah, I agree. Besides that. It's a fun shoot game and stuff. Shoot game? (laughs) I wasn't going to call you out on that. I'm like, I'm just going to let this happen. It's a fun shoot movie. (laughs) So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess... I don't remember anything else about the plot. And I'm generally a plot person. So, the next one is Clone Wars. You mean Attack of the Clones? What is it? The movie?
0: Attack of the Clones? Like, episode two? Yeah. Is it? You said Clone Wars. Oh, I'm thinking. I was like, you're not putting the Clone Wars that far down the list, are you? That show's no. Fantastic. That's like number one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. That's my last one here, number ten. Yeah, I still have The Last Jedi, which is my last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, how do we screw this up? You have eleven movies on your
1: list. Let me uh, excel this shit. Ten. Well, we just you skip one of mine. Oh, did I? Okay. I got lost on you like let's go to number seven like, Okay. I don't know where the fuck we're at. Okay. So yeah, mine goes Attack of the Clones and which is I mean, besides the cheesy shit between um what's his face? Anakin and Padme, like I hate sand, I love you, let's get married in sequence with my robot arm. Like <laughs> <let's>, Well <laughs> just, go like, go and that, watch the Like riding the pigs Yeah. like that?
0: Go and watch the um the fireplace scene go to youtube type fireplace scene attack with the the fruit no she's like wearing like she's basically half naked in the scene and he's like staring at her and she's she's like stop staring at me it makes me feel disgusting or something ridiculous like that and she's basically asking for it they're in front of a fucking fireplace (laughs) she's half naked and he's like when i whenever i look at you or i I want to cut some fruit (laughs) whenever i can't be with you i'm in agony or some, you know what?
1: Let's look up the script scene. Yeah. Scene. Yeah, I'm not saying those are good lines. I'm saying you've got Django Fett, you've got the cool thing in the droid factory, you've got the Count Dooku Yoda stuff. Yeah. So like, those are the redeemable stuff. The only thing bad about that movie is most of the dialogue that Anakin has with Padme, and we shit on Anakin for or the actor. This is perfect. Here we go, Ryan. Naboo, Lake, Retreat, Lodge,
0: Fireplace, Alcove, Twilight. A fire blazes in the open hearth. Padme is sitting in front of it, gazing at the flames. She looks up. Anakin arrives. She makes room for him. Brief pause. Anakin, may I tell you something? I don't know. Then how can I tell you? Maybe you should just use your Jedi intuition. It doesn't work around you. My mind is always a muddle. I can only think of you. Anakin, don't. (laughs) From the moment- do it. from the moment i met you all those years ago a day hasn't gone by right? i was six and you were 30 <laughs> hold on <laughs> from the moment i met you all those years ago a day hasn't gone by when i haven't thought about you and now that i'm close to you again i'm in agony the it's closer i rough team dude years. let me read the script sorry <laughs> the closer i get to you the worse it gets the thought of not being with you makes my stomach turn over my mouth goes dry i feel dizzy I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss you should never have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that kiss will never become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormenting me. What can I do? I will do anything you ask. Silence. The logs flame in the earth. Anakin continuing. If you are suffering as much as I am, tell me. I can't. We can't. It's just not possible. Anakin. Anything's possible, Padme. Please listen. You listen. You listen. We live in a real world. Come back to it. You're studying to become a Jedi Knight. I'm a senator. If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, they will take us to a place we cannot go, regardless of the way we feel about each other. Then you do feel something. There's an extraordinary connection between us. You can't deny that. Annie, it doesn't make any difference. Jedi are allowed to marry. You swore an oath, remember? You'd be expelled from the Order. I will not let you give up your responsibilities, your future for me. I was destined to be a Jedi. I don't think i could be anything else but you're asking me to be rational that is not something i know i cannot do i wish i could wish my feelings away but i can't i'm not going to give into this i'm not going to throw my life away i have more important things to do than fall in love there is silence as they stare at the fire anakin is thinking it wouldn't
1: have to be that way we could keep it a secret i can't continue this garbage yeah i'm just picturing george lucas in like the black gimp suit with like a face gag on, and Ryan Johnson pouring like hot wax over him, and he's just writing this fan fiction of bullshittery. This
0: seriously sounds like Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, like someone that was writing it for like uh, Edward and Kristen Stewart to just have some crazy romantic getaway in a lodge somewhere with the fire burning in the background. But he's <laughs> he's you know sparkling in the twilight of the the fireplace as they talk
1: about. Does the skin of vampires twinkle like a thousand diamonds? No. No, it doesn't. They've got wings and teeth, and they look like the vampires in Van Helsing. Don't freaking send them the high school chemistry class. Yeah. What is this?
0: Yeah, so Attack of the Clones is garbage.
1: <laughs> the script writing is atrocious. Yeah, and that's more of a George Lucas thing opposed to, like, uh, what's-his-face, Anakin actor guy. He acted what he had to.
0: Yeah, you know, when I was watching um, Alec Chronolink 9-1 on the Talk Around podcast, they've been going through and reviewing each of the Star Wars movies individually, and he said that he doesn't think it was the script. He thinks it was just Hayden Christensen being a bad actor. I think you're wrong. I don't agree with that entirely. I mean— Clearly the man's been in Star Wars and Jumper. All right, those, those Jumper was an awesome movie. Well, it was okay. I don't know if I He would
1: jumped around and teleported and got shit and like he climbed on ruins. I would And then he threw a bus at someone. Argued that movie is not very good, but I always wanted to teleport so and steal money and jump on a bus and teleport. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and teleport. I
0: lose sleep at night thinking about it money. actually. <laughs> but um no, no, Hayden Christensen what? doesn't have the, the, the greatest track record as an actor, but I also don't think that Attack of the Clone should be the reason that he wasn't in subsequent movies after Star Wars. Beyond Jumper, at least. So Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know. I think that's a solid list, Ryan, if we've ever seen one in terms of ranking the Star Wars movies. I guess the only question I have for you now is, where is Rise of Skywalker going to fit into all this? Um,
1: if it's not too Fetch questy probably around Force Awakens solo I mean the top four are generally unmovable Rogue One we went on like a ten minute rant on that one it feels it could even beat Phantom Menace I'd say it's depending on how good it is and like how they decide to end it like if they went into Harry Potter, Dumbledore, Snape stuff um, potentially above Phantom Menace I also want to uh, like the thing that's propping up Phantom Menace is you've got Darth Maul and those that amazing fight scene. Yeah. So like to get past that hurdle they'd have to do some a lot, really cool fights. And I'm afraid from all the spoilers that it's going to be Ray power blasting her way up the anus of the emperor and just showing him like shoving his shit. Like I if it's not a cool fight with the emperor It's going to be pretty low on my list. Like, you can't destroy the most powerful guy over nine movies who's manipulated the entire universe, including the Outer Reaches, to get Snoke and his people. Like, if it's an overkill kind of thing, I'm not going to have it high on my list. That's fair. I think, for me, it's going
0: to push Force Awakens and everything below it down to make my number four spot as my number four favorite Star Wars movie.
1: Really? Absolutely. You are so so optimistic. I can't wait for Holy this. Holy shit. Dude, I can't sleep. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I'm... Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, despite my, like, hesitation. I just... I, I want it to be so good. And I've wanted these new Star Wars to be so good. <laughs> and, like, I've been so abused and let down by these movies. And besides Rogue One, obviously. But I want this to be great. And I'm trying to, like... I want to go into it somewhat like Mandalorian and just be like they don't have to chuck another Baby Yoda at me but like give me something good yeah. like I don't need another robot to like hump BB-8 because they already got another one in the trailers like how many freaking iconic robots do we need? We've got Big Black Robot from Rogue One, we got R2-D2 and Gold Man His name's is C-3PO by <laughs> the we, way and we've got a ball like we don't need Ball's side bitch which looks like a
0: hairdryer, by the way.
1: It does. Like, come on, man. Just be good. <laughs> help I- us. <laughs> help us. Love you, <laughs> JJ.
0: Help us. You're our only hope. I think he's gonna bring it home for us, Ryan. We will find out though in uh what five days now. Yeah. So I'm less than a week.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. So and then. I guess we'll see where Star Wars goes from here.
0: We will. We shall. But, Ryan, what we have to get into now is Travis, senior executive producer of the show, came in real strong with an email, plenty of questions, and I think a little bit about what he was playing this week. Do you want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, as always, we are in constant communication with Travis. It sounds like... He had a particular scare with his newborn uh, last week or two weeks ago, I believe. Not going to get into the details, not my place to do so, but Ryan and I shipped him off something real nice, copy of Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, because, well, he needs something to take off his mind from all of that stuff that was going on, and I think he and his first daughter are enjoying that experience. I hope you continue to do so into the new year, Travis. But here we go. He got an email saying, titling it, asking all damn questions. He says, Super Otaku Bros. After one hell of a month, things are starting to settle down, and I've been getting some gaming in. My daughter and I are almost finished with Luigi's Mansion 3, but we've also been playing, replaying for me, Mario Odyssey, and thanks to Rusty, Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. Couple quick notes on each. Luigi. He says, I always wanted to play the original and never got the chance, so this has been a blast. The gameplay gets stale after only a couple hours. But it's my first Luigi. I'm not caring much. I can say I can see returning fans getting bored sooner. Level design is fantastic, though.
1: It won a uh, Family Game of the Year.
0: Oh, did it? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that because I did not watch. I guess I watched the entirety of the Game Awards, but I think I was playing Pokemon in the midst of it, and a lot of it was just a snooze fest for me anyway. So I kind of
1: yeah, that was one of the uh, quick like drive-by mentions, so it could be missed.
0: Gotcha. Ooh, excuse me, messed up my mic here. Here we go. He says, Mario Odyssey, this game is still in the top three of Switch titles since launch for sure. Fantastic worlds, excellent nostalgic nods, and I love how you can be so easily rewarded for exploration. Some of the moons, it's a version or it's their version of stars and shinies, are obvious. Some are really hard and tricky, and some are just fun. Quote, I think it'll I think I'll kick that rock over there. Bam, here's a moon. Impossible layer, he goes on. The more we play this, The more that we play this, the higher it jumps in my ranking of games I've played this year. The reviews that call it the spiritual successor to DK Country weren't hyperbole. It's that good and rusty that soundtrack. (laughs) Such an amazing blend of DKC and Banjo-Kazooie. We'll be enjoying this one for weeks to come. Thank you. Glad to hear it, Travis. I I downloaded the soundtrack uh, from Bandcamp and I can agree or attest to what Travis is saying here. I've listened to it start to finish at least three or four different times now, and it just continues to, as Travis was saying, climb my Games of the Year list. Nice. So we'll see or hear more about that in about two weeks when Ryan and I do that episode. He says, I have some questions for you two this week and then a suggestion. Apparently, I can only uh, think of geeky topics and then food-related ones.
1: Yeah, I can relate.
0: Totally fine with us, Travis. Number one, what is your typical lunch? I've always felt that a good lunch to look forward to can make a rough day more tolerable.
1: So my lunch that I've had probably for the last like six months is a big salad. Um, I get lettuce, um, just a regular romaine with some of the like darker lettuce and then some uh, not cabbage. What's the little really round leaves? Spinach. Spinach. Yeah. The one that actually has nutrients in it. Yeah. Get some iron in there. And then uh, I put a few onions if I'm going to eat upstairs. And then if I'm eating at my desk, I don't do those because they smelt the entire office. Um, some sunflower seeds, uh, just a little bit of croutons. And then on Thursdays, there's, there's a soup that they basically fry tortillas and make little croutons out of like tortillas. Okay. Which is really good. That's what I have to look forward to on Thursdays. And then I do Italian dressing. Nice. And then I have a chicken breast. Nice. Well Where site. do you get your carbs? I don't eat carbs at meal. Okay. Uh, they're in other meals. So gotcha. that one's my main, like, I generally don't have a ton of time. Proteins and some fats. There. Yeah. And some vegetables in there. Good and stuff. I get a second salad of just lettuce, uh, spinach and stuff for two o'clock with no dressing. That's your elevensies? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. You Good stuff. Keep with the Lord of the Rings lunch. Plans.
0: So for me, I would say, if I do end up buying, it's typically a salad, so I'll get mostly a spinach bed with uh, carrots, cucumbers, banana peppers, some garbanzo beans, chickpeas, if you will, Mm -hmm. to get some extra carbs and proteins in there. Throw some chicken, mozzarella cheese, uh, a little scoop of sunflower seeds, and some cranberries. So you have a mix of proteins, salts, a little bit of sweet with the cranberries on there, dried cranberries. Those are always good. Thanks. And I'm not a dressing guy. That's why I kind of have like a mix of flavorings with the, s- yeah. the sweet, salty,
1: and all that kind of stuff. I need some to like – because I do a good amount of sunflower seeds. I need a little bit to be some to kind glue of to it yeah. or else it it's just –
0: You're just spooning sunflower seeds at the yeah, end of the like salad. Yeah, like trying
1: to fork a sunflower seed's pretty rough. So yeah. you need it to f- tie itself to one of the lettuce leaves. Gotcha. And then you can consume.
0: So where I work, there's – there's technically four different plazas, if you will, buildings within one building, mm-hmm. and so I'm in the first one, and then in the third one, there's two areas where you can buy lunch. So for me, it's most convenient to just go downstairs, in the the P1 that I work in. But on Mondays, on my building, they have this this pho, which is very similar to ramen, if you okay. will, but it's Vietnamese. Okay, that's why you were talking. That's why it. I was asking about you off, or asking you about it off air. And so what it is is there's multiple different types of um, broth. There's a beef base broth and then a chicken-based broth, which is what I do. So The chicken broth, there's three types of noodles. Rice noodles, udon, and one other kind I can't remember. I always do udon because they're kind of the thicker, yeah. heartier noodles, if you will, that you get in the Japanese pan noodles, of course, if you go to Noodles & Company. Yes. So good stuff.
1: They're really, because we wear whites for our work and when I was in Japan, there was I had, I guess, ramen. Mm -hmm. and i think it was a curry with the but it was i don't know but it was it was like a ramen and they had udon and it's really hard because they don't have forks or anything so it's only chopsticks and it's a very sticky noodle the way that they prepared it and you like have to slurp it up my whites were not white and this is my first attempt at eating in japan that first day i went to work and i'm like just looking down i've got like explosions of sauce all over me. I was like, shit. And like, I I look at the manager or like my, like three levels above me who's sitting across from him like, is there a change of clothes anywhere? Like, can you help me out? He's like, just go back to the locker room. Yeah. Get the shit figured out. It's all how It's happened to everyone.
0: Well, so I I don't have to wear whites to work, but I can definitely see where you're coming from because the way this is all, it's not in a gargantuan like kind of bowl that you would expect from like a ramen restaurant. The way they serve this is in these pre-kind of almost cupped, spherical plastic tins. Okay. And so, the the noodles are already in there. They they pour the broth. They ask you what meat you want. I typically get chicken. And then after that, they hand it to you. Well, you can also get some of this yum yum sauce, which is kind of like a nice little spicy addition to the to the And then there's it's kind of like a serve yourself with the uh, like chives, some different uh, like red pepper flakes. And then wh- not there. What is the the name of it? I forget what it's called, but it's stuff that you talk with. Pho. I'm sure someone out there knows it. Bean sprouts. Oh, okay. Bean sprouts. You kind of talk with bean sprouts and yeah. stuff like that. Same for Japanese pan. Okay, yeah. And then I put a little bit of uh, sriracha in it to kind of get a little bit more spicy. Yeah. And I always eat it with chopsticks, just because that's kind of how I prefer to eat. Really, most meals, because I kind of think it helps you slow down to actually. Consume Enjoy the them. food, but it also allows for like conversation with the people you're with. So if I go to lunch with some of my friends or coworkers, I can have a bite and then continue to talk to them. I, I look like a moron because I'm sitting there slurping these noodles. But if I'm using a fork, then it's like I'm eating pasta and I'm just stuffing like tons of noodles into my mouth type of thing.
1: Yeah, that but, is one thing that chopsticks are good for, slowing down the pace. Yeah,
0: so Mondays they have that faux restaurant come in and cater, mm-hmm. and then on Tuesdays in P3 they also have a cater. I don't get it both days, but like if I have meetings into my lunch hour, I at least have two chances to get it. And to Travis's point, that makes any day better is getting faux because it's just delicious. And especially now into the colder months, it's just very comforting. Something
1: warms you up. We have maybe three restaurants that cater each day, a pizza plaza, and then like a salad bar. And we always have Chick-fil-A there. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. We, When it comes to like facilities... On the campus and like for all of our plants, ours is like the Taj Mahal and we have the best food. Okay. So there's this really good Indian place that comes usually once a week, like curry and grill, I think it's what it's called. Curry and then just an N and then a grill. Mm -hmm. And they have really good Indian food, like authentic Indian food with like the dirty rice and then you like... What do I, I usually get bourbon chicken and there's this hot one that you regret, but it's so good. Oh, I usually get that one. That's a shit ton of carbs.
0: I've never had Indian. So my uh, a couple of my coworkers have like this group of guys mm-hmm. that some of them are in audit. Some of them are now outside of audit but used to be. And they're just a tight-knit group of dudes. So they have reoccurring lunches where they go over to this place where there is a Indian restaurant. And so yesterday – was it yesterday or i think it was 2 days ago it was thursday they asked if i wanted to go with them and i said sure every single one of them got the indian food and of course i went to subway because i wasn't comfortable getting the indian food because i'd never had it
1: bro you just got to commit like it's a day long commitment if you're not if you pick the wrong thing but it's
0: it's worth it yeah so next time they're going to introduce me in the ways of indian food good so i'll report back
1: next time on to talk gotta about this pop others. that cherry of indian food you
0: have to at some point man I did it in
1: Japan. That was the first time I had Indian food, which is surprising, but there's... In Utsunamiya, there's this really good Indian place. You gotta start something. With, like, an authentic Indian family who runs it. They've got their kids running around, just a a couple. Sounds like a good time. Yeah.
0: Number two, Ryan. Mass-marketed coffee. Do you prefer Dunkin' Donuts, or just Dunkin' now in some places, Starbucks or Timmy Ho's? Um...
1: Dunkin' Donuts and Timmy Ho's, I find to be weak coffee. If I want, yeah. like, I'm going to Starbucks not because I like, oh, I can't wait to get my frappuccino on and get me some, what, lemon bread or whatever. It's I want some caffeine injected into me quickly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get a White Lightning, which is five shots of espresso. Yeah, I don't want to die with, like, when I do That's what I did in college. Yeah. um, At the food court, but... Better like a caramel frappuccino or macchiato because it has caffeine, like a lot of caffeine. So mm-hmm. usually it's at minimum three shots of espresso. But I'm trying to cut back on coffee. Yeah, I think for me... <laughs> I like going to rant about like five shots. Jeez. I'm trying to cut back. Usually like now we have, I guess we have catered in coffee. We have uh, Starbucks brewed um, for us. And usually I have a little Yeti. And I've been trying to tailor back to just half of this, Mm -hmm. and I fill up the bottom with ice so it cools down and, like, nurse it before it's, like, a full cup. But uh, I don't need that. I need my teeth whiter. Yeah. And my gum's better. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, I don't drink a ton of coffee, certainly not as much as I did when I was in public accounting and I was just drinking caffeinated beverages out the wazoo. Yeah. Now I typically, I have, uh, we have Keurigs at our office, so I'll buy like that bulk pack of Blonde Rose Starbucks and just do one Keurig of 10 ounce coffee. If I'm planning on working past five, I'll do another one at around three. Yeah. Other than that, I'm pretty good with my 10 ounces in the morning and good to go to drink, you know, lemon tea the rest of the day. Nice. But back in college, I would say where my apartment complex was and where I had to walk to campus, there was a Dunkin' Donuts there all the time. And so for me, what I love to do is like on Saturday mornings, I would get up early, go to the gym, come back, eat breakfast, walk to Dunkin', get a like a 16 ounce coffee, go to the the union, find a computer lab, and just you know bust out all my homework and studying for like four to five hours. Mm-hmm. But just that comforting moment of sitting down with my 16 ounce Starbucks in the union, pulling off the cap, and just seeing the steam rise out of it and smelling the Dunkin' coffee. Yeah. Oh. Uh, to your point, though, Dunkin' is weaker, but it's almost like hot water that has this small inkling of coffee taste that's just enough for me to get me going. I just love it. Yeah, I mean... Where Starbucks, like you said, it's just like,
1: yeah, here's like basically coffee beans. Drink them. Well, I mean, my I usually go either really caffeinated or I want a fruity drink that's like 1,000 calories. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I hope to get down to just the placebo of... I can just smell it and be happy. Cause I mean, it is somewhat of a placebo. Like that first smell of coffee just makes you happy.
0: No, it is because typically if I do the second cup in the afternoon of 10 ounces, I'll pull off the cap. Cause I have uh, Lauren's word search, Starbucks cup, mm. cup that's like reheatable or reusable or whatever. Typically if I like, I'm telling myself like, Oh, I'm kind of getting drowsy. I need that second cup. I go and make it come back to my desk, pull off the cap and I just smell it. And I'm just like instantly filled with fuel and energy. and I'm like, I got this. And typically I only end up drinking like two or three sips of it because it's that smell that gets you going.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. Actually, we had a Chinese company come in and they brought us like this really nice Chinese tea. So I might try drinking some tea.
0: You should. I mean, yeah. typically at night I'll drink this, um, what is it? Tea I can't remember the brand, but it's it's like a lemon. It's, it's just a lemon tea and I have organic honey that I'll mix into it. And it helps soothe the throat, but it's also just kind of a, um, I I use the word therapeutic on this podcast a lot, but it it is kind of calms you down after a long day. Yeah. So good stuff. Ryan, the next question might be a quick one for us. Marinara, Alfredo, or vodka
1: sauce? Oh, What is vodka sauce? I've never had that. I had never heard that either. Probably Alfredo. Like if... I, I love Alfredo. I don't have it that often. Usually that's the
0: thing is like if I'm really going to a restaurant where it's just like, fuck my calories for the day and my diet, I'm gonna get like some fettuccine oh, Alfredo so from you know the Olive Garden or something like that. Well,
1: that's what we. That's what I had when I went to the restaurant that one a couple of weeks ago with the family. Oh, that's right. All All after us. everything
0: that kind of went down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And oh, it's so good. Like I remember during we used to for swim practice have these pasta parties. And usually it was marinara because we're making pounds and pounds for like a swim team of 30 to 50. Um, But like one time, I think it was like Nick, Amanda, and myself, like we went to Olive Garden and I pounded some Alfredo. It's good stuff. it's so good. I swam slow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still weighed down from it the next day. But it it was so good. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. It, It might be like... Distance makes the heart grow fonder, and that's how I approach Alfredo. Absolutely, yeah. The longer you go without it, and you come back to it, it's like, damn, that's good. Yeah, it's like I've
0: missed you. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm.
0: Number four, Ryan, who has the best fast food burger? Wendy's. I was gonna say the exact same thing, but when I when I think of the question, best fast food, I'm only thinking of like McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. There's a lot of other restaurants you could classify. Surprisingly, I've never had Five Guys burgers
1: and fries. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I think fast food is anything with a window. It depends on your classification of fast food. Because I mean like Subway or those type of things could be classified as fast food. Like noodles and Chipotle could be considered fast food. Absolutely. Um, I think the value you're
0: getting for the dollar at Wendy's, burger wise at least, I'd actually lump their chicken nuggets better than the other restaurants yeah. as well. But I think the best value or taste you're getting for
1: that Dollar amounts, you know. It tastes like you're eating real fake food.
0: That's probably the best way you can describe (laughs) a
1: Wendy's burger. I usually go Dave's Double with everything, like all the fixins, uh, lettuce, tomato, onions, pickles, ketchup, and stuff. It gives you two burgers. So, like, the difference between, like, Baconator and like a regular just double cheeseburger is the thickness of the burger. Mm-hmm. And I've been fucked over hard on a Baconator where I paid for a regular, like a Baconator thickness patty. Cause it is a thicker, like cause it gives you more meat and they gave me the little like bullshit patties and I paid for the higher price and I got like half the meat. So you go Dave's double and you'll always get it cracked.
0: Okay. Shout out to the listeners. Let the take yeah. notes this is an educational program. So you're welcome. Always go with the Dave's Double. You gotta consume that meat. That's right. Get the thicker
1: patties. <laughs> yeah. You just miss out on the bait. I uh, I don't know if Dave's Double... I, I can't do Dave's Triple because I feel like... I probably could, but I feel like I'd accept a future heart attack. Yeah, here. seriously. Your arteries would just be clogged for days. Uh, maybe before I die. All right, Ryan. I, I saw this article pop okay, up on here my we news go. feed. And it was like guy went to jail for checking his wife out, like, his sick wife out of a nursing home to have a death party, like, because she was about to die, and they did meth and had sex and, like, played loud, like, metal music, and he went to jail. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? Jeez. So, that's something. That's not how I want my wife or anyone to go out. Well, I mean, if you're sick and you know, like, it's inevitable, you might as well check out and, like, do some meth. Yeah, I think my the real question is
0: where does a ninety year old get meth? I'm like, sure he could I'm sure he got his first dosage for free just because he was so old. Yeah. They like felt bad for him. Like
1: this is gonna be an experiment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if like I'm on my deathbed, the first thing I'm gonna do is definitely not do drugs.
1: Yeah. Expedite
0: sure. the process. Like I'm gonna do something that's like exhilarating, like go bungee jumping
1: or <sighs> Wingsuit without a parachute. Yeah, that's Into a of thing. school of third graders and explode on the math room classroom board. Hell yeah, you know? Like, let's. <laughs> scar them for math. Raise the stakes here a little bit. Yeah, you know. My thing is like, would you be dead when you hit the window at those speeds? Or could you see their faces as you explode on the chalkboard? No, I think I'd still be filled with adrenaline. So
0: my, as my face would go through the glass, my neck would be slit. And I would just be bleeding out as like the little guinea pigs looking at me in the classroom. Like,
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, not algebra. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. That or meth. I mean, either or. Pick your poison, <laughs> folks. Pick your poison.
0: Question number five from Travis, senior executive producer of the show. In your extensive gaming histories, are there any games you're pretty confident you could speedrun in 3 hours or less? Hmm. I think the first one that comes to mind for me, just because I think the the, the best speedruns only 19 minutes, and that's not like breaking the game, that's it's a running. Hero. Yes, no. <laughs> it's not breaking the game either. It's playing it start to finish is uh The Lion King Simba's Pride or Simba's Mighty that Adventure. It's an insanely hard one with like the the ostrich run? No, screw that game. That game is impossible. No one's actually beaten that to this day. <laughs> okay. Oh uh, no, the Lion King Simba's Pride. It was on the PS One. It's a fun little adventure game that actually bleeds into Simba Two or Simba Two, the Lion King Two. Simba's Pride. No, that's the name of the fucking movie. What's the name of the game, Ryan? Um, I don't know. Lion King game, PS One. Mm-hmm. The Lion King Simba's Mighty Adventure, the stories actually carries over into Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. I misspoke there. Okay. But I feel like when I timed myself beating that game, it was actually last summer, I think is what it was. I beat it in about 45 minutes. And the
1: speed runs in 19 minutes. Oh, shit. So, and anything less than three hours is what he's asked? Yeah. You already beat the challenge. So I already did it, Travis. Gosh. Yeah, you're three times better than the challenge. Get on my level.
0: I think, honestly, though, I could probably beat... Goldeneye in 3 hours. On the N64 because I was unbeatable in Goldeneye growing up. I'm a god. <laughs> basically in the ways of Piers Brosnan, I am because I I'd move with the C buttons and I would just I was so fast. Like I basically I didn't break the game, but I I was moving along the map so quickly that my buddies couldn't kill me.
1: Are you rusty? No, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Golden eye god. I see it. I I could probably do Bloodborne. In less than three hours? If I practiced. um, What's the the best speed run? 30 minutes. I think... Good Uh, lord, really? That's full... That's anything percent. is around there. Um, I think normal casual playtime is like 20, 25. I did it in sub-7. When I was actually just like trying to see routes and things. My main problem is figuring out... I mean... I think in... I don't know what the best speed run is probably less than an hour the problem is vicar amelia for me mm-hmm. so you basically the strat is you go through you father Gascoin, you go through um i think vicar amelia is the next boss if you really want to do it you could do that or you could do uh blood beast but if you do vicar amelia which is second the next one you can end up hopping into the dlc the DLC will give you a plus 7 weapon, so you're really high up in weapon upgrades. Because mm-hmm. the <clears throat> DLC is meant to be like late game. Okay. So you get plus 3 weapon before Vicker, and then you get a plus 6 or 7, and then you can basically steamroll the next few bosses. And then the last few bosses, if you don't do the final boss, but you say kill me, it's pretty quick. Really? I mean you have Cagehead guy, Rom, I think is the one before that, the Three Ghosts. So I mean, you get in There's only like five bosses if you do this full speed run. Dude, I trust you. You don't have to convince me. Father Gascoigne, Vicar Amelia, Three Ghosts, Rom, I guess you have the unborn thing that pukes out or gives birth from the moon. Oh yeah, I have a poster of him, <laughs> you know. My and bed. then Cagehead guy and then you die. Yeah. I could do that sub 3. Easy, piece of cake. Next question from Travis.
0: <laughs> Speaking of speedrunning, I knew a couple guys who made replaying old N64 and GameCube games more fun by playing separate copies side by side and racing to the end. Is that something you two might find fun? Speedrunning but against each other? If you ever do a Twitch stream, that would be something fun to watch. I would love to do something like that. That would be fun. Yeah, I'm game. I mean, either... I've
1: seen those like like the real competitive ones do it and they miss a jump and they're just like pissed.
0: Well, we would basically like forfeit a testicle if like we lost like this is the
1: (laughs) high stakes here Ryan. we'll just take that um sting blade that i got as a gift and we'll just have it on the table and whoever loses just just chop it right off free reign go (laughs) (laughs) and feed it to scoob (laughs) there's no coming back wow
0: yeah do or die with this speed run. my gosh yeah hardcore I think Bloodborne would be a fun one against one another or even just Ocarina of Time on the N64 I think Bloodborne would be
1: hilarious yeah because like there's so the entire thing is built around dying so like there'd be so much I mean I'd be swearing but like no different a ton of than this podcast but yeah yeah well I was listening to something and I'm gonna use this because it fits my prerogative or my narrative is more intelligent people swear, so I'm smart if I say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, Ryan. Yeah. I believe it. No, I think that'd be
0: really good times. And to the it root of Travis's the
1: itch of uh, Bloodborne.
0: Yeah, no. To tra- the root of Travis's question here, I love for episode 100 to do a Twitch live stream. Probably wouldn't be playing games just because I don't know. why well, I don't have a capture card to be able to do that, and to get an Elgato capture card, I think is gonna run me 150 plus dollars. And but I do have the technology with the, the mics that we have and my my PC to at least capture ourselves, you know, sitting side by side having a conversation, doing a podcast episode. I don't know what you know we would talk about the very details of that, but I think just looking back on 99 episodes, going through some of our best moments, and then however we want to project the the main topic, whether it's the top 100 games. I don't know what it would be or what it would entail, but I think it'd be a really good time to have. 10, 15, 20 people join us for a live stream. Ask us questions in real time. I think they'd be good
1: times. Yeah, I'm game. So I don't know how any of the technology works. So I'll figure it out. I'll talk to it Pete, out. I'll talk to Zach, a couple people that I know. Yeah, because you said the Turk Run prog- they podcast do, they, do the faces. They capture themselves, yeah. Okay. So If we get on there, we'll have to figure out how we do faces.
0: That'll be good. That'll be good times. So the last one here, Ryan, I think you, um... Yeah,
1: you prepared a lot for this one.
0: I thought about it, but I don't have a creative mind like you and Travis do. So I kind of like just left this one to you. Because mine would inevitably be like Banjo-Kazooie with like a Leviathan axe, just like chopping people and talking to Kazooie as his young boy, like uh, Atreus. So yeah, that's that's my
1: contribution to this question. Nice. That sounds like a thrilling triple egg
0: studio game. (laughs) It would be amazing. Last one for us here, Ryan. Each of you has been tasked with creating a new entry into both one of Nintendo's and one of Sony's classic IPs, i.e. Mario Metroid, Zelda, etc., and God of War Kingdom Hearts Uncharted. You're each designing two games. The only requirements that each of you is that each of you have to borrow elements from past hits to cobble together something that's both new and nostalgic. Oh, and by borrowing, I mean you're literally ripping off the competitor. For your Nintendo IP, your Jenkins gameplay elements and story beats from PlayStation hits and shoehorning them into your Nintendo title and your new entry into your PlayStation IP of choice clearly rips off the big N. Too long didn't read here. Create one Nintendo game and one PlayStation game each, featuring an already established IP, but stealing elements from the opposite's systems, IPs to create them.
1: Have fun, Travis. Nice. So uh, I was the only one who did it. Yes. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) I created this one like 10 minutes ago. Wait, this isn't the one you took notes on your computer? Is this
0: separate? that's the second one.
1: Okay, That's my Sony one, and this is my Mario one. Oh, but was this while you were on the shitter? Yeah. Whoa! Only good ideas come when you're taking crafts. It's very true. So I did one this morning while, while I was watching the Game Awards stuff, and then I did this one like in our break 10 minutes ago. So this one is (coughs) my Mario uh, Nintendo one. And it's a mixture of Mario Resistance and GTA. GTA isn't a title, it's a cross-platform, and it has some like Arkham elements to it, which, not exclusively Sony, so. So Mario, um, basically it starts out with Mario seeing Peach die in front of him, taking an ax to the chest. Well, Mario is finally on a date with Peach. Um, I think he's always just been rescuing her mm-hmm. in like the 400 million games that have been out. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. Yet. He's finally on a date. He's happy. And he just see her, sees her getting an axe to the chest. Okay. From one of those Hammer Bros. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so, it was a hit by the C- Bowser Crime Organization... Um, The city would be set up, like the environment would be set up, in districts, similar to Crackdown, but it would be one overarching gang opposed to just, I think it was three gangs in Crackdown. Um, This would, each kind of district would take the theme similar to the Mario games where each world is a different theme, Uh, it would be similar to that. And the entire game would be about Mario taking revenge because he never got his kiss. We'll, we'll go the wholesome route. He was in it for a kiss. Okay, yeah. Um, after Just all I two- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just want to be loved. Um, he never got his kiss after the 200 games that Mario currently has in the franchise. Um, so he goes to the Princess Peach mansion and goes to the Mario lair. And he basically suits up similar to how Batman suits up. And he's got all of the awesome resistance guns like the auger and like... He's got a sledgehammer. and like well, I, was... I feel like you, you kind of set this up. So like in John Wick,
0: when he walks up to someone and he says, I need guns. Lots and lots of guns. <laughs> exactly. So you just had like an elderly toad guarding this vault of weapons. And Mario just walks up and... Well, I'm
1: thinking like the Mario movie was shit. But like the Goombas would not be like little squatty circular half mushroom things. They would be like... Grunts, The grunt layer of the Bowser crime organization. They'd be people, but it's grunt level, Goomba level. Okay. And then you'd increase to like the turtle shell, which I don't know, captains or whatever. Koopas. Yeah. And then you get up to the Hammer Bros, which are the assassins of the organization. Mm -hmm. And then the... um, Like the main Kumba is Bowser, who's the godfather of this crime organization. Don Corleone himself. Who was always stealing uh, Peach. So it would be set up that you go on this revenge, taking down different districts, similar to how Mario's set up, while using all these resistance guns and just gadgets up the wazoo. And slowly gaining information Allowing you to take down the Bowser Crime Organization And you eventually kill Bowser by shooting him in the face Super Mafia Brothers Mario's last kiss (laughs) Coming (laughs) summer 2020 (laughs) (laughs) It would be a lot of fun I loved Crackdown Hey I'm there for that man that sounds like a good time All those elements and then like seeing I mean you could change your outfits What is the uh Not GTA but there's the one that has the the Purple and silver one Very similar to GTA, but it's more of a raunchy. What is that game called? What are we talking about? It's a GTA-like. That's very similar to GTA, but it's more cartoony. Oh, well, there's a lot of those. I mean, you have uh, The Simpsons Hit and Run.
0: That's kind of like that. No. You have Lego City Undercover. It's kind of like that.
1: There's a million Grand Theft Auto clones out there. Uh, GTA clone. It's a very specific one. And it wouldn't be this game wouldn't be as um, cartoony as this. You
0: like a generation that this game came out? Uh, Xbox
1: or uh, Xbox 360, I think. Crackdown. No, that's the more cartoony version. Why don't we come back to that, Ryan? Yeah, we'll eventually figure that out. So that would be my first game for Nintendo. It's. Not up their alley, but it pulls a lot of the more adult elements from, like, Sony PS4 games Mm -hmm. to a Nintendo system where you got Happy Mario, but Mario's watching murder and killing people. Hey, I'm all about Super Mafia Bros. Let's go. Yeah, that would be a great game, I think. I would buy it, at least. The next one is my favorite, and the one that I want to happen, and... It's sad that it will never happen.
0: Ryan just shifted at his camera. He's like all in on this. Yeah, well,
1: there's a lot to read, so.
0: Okay, strap in, folks. Ryan's pitching his <laughs> idea to Naughty Dog for their game to release after. It is actually Naughty Dog. Last of Us Part Two. So this is Last of Us.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, mixed with Bloodborne, mixed with Pokemon. Let's go. Okay, so you got... the Basically, the overarching thing is Pokemon War is the main plot set in a photorealistic stealth material gathering set up similar to last of us you have the disgusting darkness and somewhat difficulty of bloodborne and the creatures and the history and the universe of pokemon so that is kind of the ground level um so it opens up in a cheery town pokemon walking around kind of similar to the town in sword and shield Mm -hmm. so you got the nice kind of european feel a little bit bigger because that was kind of like six houses. I feel it feels like it's a little bit bigger. Okay, so during the night, um, it is torched by that town is just torched and lit on fire, and you got the chaos similar to the opening of *The Last of Us*, mm-hmm. but you it's being torched by a corrupted, kind of mutated heatron, which is one of the I don't know fifth generations. It's kind of like a four-legged big rock type monster okay. is fire element so that kind of just steams rolls this town and you get like really cool effects of like dripping fire which i think would be cool coming off the houses so you grab your family and you make your escape um, so you end up forming an underground resistance to stay safe um, you're able to upgrade this kind of resistance area slowly improve your facility and stuff Scavenging resources um, while the corrupt destroy the world around you. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like similar to an open world, but your found like foundational base for the resistance would be upgradable. Um, so there'd be stealth. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> would you knock over? Uh shit! My coffee. Oh, it's on my computer. Fuck. <laughs> Ryan, you got everything under control now? Yeah, so we're, we're back. Everything's clean. <laughs> so um, there would be stealth similar to avoiding clickers in oh, The Last of Us. I can get on board with that. Um, instead of alerting or instead of clickers, it would be alerting trainers who would have these corrupted Pokemon. So it would oh. be
0: able to avoid the... The battles. Uh, yeah. Kind little of. exclamation point going on over their heads. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So it'd be kind of like that and they'd be able to those guys would alert other people. So it'd be just a swarm. Similar to The Last of Us. Um so kind of the history before the age of the Gym Challenge, there was a professor who ran Lab Helix and he wanted to do he wanted to be the best and collect them all, but more than them or basically more than all of the Pokémon. So he spliced the Pokemon and created corrupted forms similar to Mewtwo in movie one. These corrupted forms would resemble the original monsters, um, but more like monstrous and like corrupt. Like similar to Vicar Amelia, you got Rom and the one reborn just really... Mutated and disgusting. Yeah, just disgusting. So like if you think of Gengar, he's in the cartoon a very put together guy, but you look at his mega evolution and you just picture him as a ghost just dripping. Just like coked out on meth for like four years. Pretty much. He's scratching his face. So if you look at any on Pinterest any realistic Pokemon they look crazy to begin with. Just imagine them being more screwed up. Okay. Um, So the the trainers of the Pokemon and the Pokemon themselves were against this mutation of Pokemon obviously and they seek to stop it. There's a large, there's large-scale battles during this, and there are many f- humans and Pokemon that died. The mission is to make your way through the region, similar to the Pokemon experience, um, with your best friend who was once your rival. Make it to the lab and stop the professor and the war uh, while staying alive. So it is possible to fail this mission. Mm-hmm. You can die along the way, and so you'd have to start the, your Pokemon journey over. So a more hardcore version of pokemon seeing how easy they are now um so this would there'd be many horrific and, and terrifying encounters similar to in the last of us where you meet the brother and or that the man and his little brother and the little brother gets bit and he dies or they has to kill the little brother and then he commits suicide oh yeah so it basically show the hor like horrificness of this pokemon war mm-hmm. like Lieutenant Surge, the gym leader from the... The third gym leader from the first Pokemon is Lieutenant, seemingly in the Pokemon War. So he would have seen some shit. Yeah. And his Raichu would have killed some people. So, like, you get to see some of those... Why all the male... Most of the male figures in the Pokemon world, like where Ash's dad was. Mm -hmm. They probably died in this Pokemon War. Or as the theory goes. So, this would end up... Or this would end by the Professor being stopped and set up... And the setup of the Gym Challenge. The first leaders of the Gyms were commanders in the Resistance. The League, or the government, were the generals in the Pokemon War of the Resistance. Okay. Your motivation would be similar to the Professor, or what the Professor once fought for. Um, And you would be trying to be the best and collect them all so that's where that came from was the original professor who started the pokemon war and indirectly started the pokemon challenge his motivation is the same that all the new professors of all regions push on to be the best and collect them all so potentially all journeys were started by this professor Um, this would give nod to the lost history and indirectly be his legacy who he was a tyrant but the history of this was lost and now we just see the professor as someone who gives you a pokedex Hmm. and starting pokemon but it's really a way the pokemon journey and the gym badge and the elite four is a way to rein in the population and the government system to stop any tyrannical professors i love it Right? Very interesting, yeah. The, very dark.
0: Yeah, but it also kind of encompasses the, the the origins of Pokemon and why we've played all these different games is because, well, there was really a lot darker reason why all of this began in the first place, and it wasn't, like, childlike in nature. Like This yeah. is some dark stuff. So, I think mean, that's very admirable of you to come up with something like that, and we should like, get Game Freak on the phone for uh, uh, Pokemon Gun coming I- out, you know, in two years.
1: <laughs> I mean... I wonder if they are going to do Pokemon Gun. I or, like, a bit...
0: spear, or, like, helmet, or something like
1: that. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Because if you already have a sword and a shield, what else do you really need? When you, when you walk away from the colors, like, you can always do gold, crystal, or gold, silver, crystal. Blue, red, yellow. Like it's, it's very simple to have an offshoot of that, because
1: there's never-ending amounts of colors. Yeah, so if red is sword and blue is shield, you deal with green in the plotline already. The essential, like, third of the tri-force. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm not really sure what that trio
0: would be, but... I don't know. We'll see. But,
1: yeah, that's kind of the Pokemon history in a dark kind of game.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. So, Travis, thank you so much for writing in with those very interesting questions. As always, very much appreciated. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, for those that stuck around for the Star Wars discussion, hopefully we maybe quieted some of the fears and you know worries that you have with rise of skywalker and got you more excited for it
1: yeah it's gonna be the best movie ever
0: exactly 99 on rotten tomatoes let's go right better up there with... than
1: the fellowship of the lord of the rings
0: that's right we will see ryan and i again will be recording an episode thursday night just after we see the film we will be doing a spoiler free and spoiler filled discussion kind of breaking down everything we witness that night we cannot wait also, make sure you're looking out on the Twitters Monday night because that is the premiere in L.A., so we're going to hear a lot of the uh, like the press and critics have their initial impressions. When does Metacritic come out? My guess is the review embargo will probably be Thursday Okay. Uh, when the movie actually releases. When th- Wednesday or Thursday, it's tough to say, Yeah. but you're going to get a good gauge as to what we can expect from this movie Monday when you have people outside of John Boyega and Anthony Daniels talking about how great it is. Okay. So it'll be interesting stuff. I can't wait to talk to you about that movie, Ryan. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. So you can anticipate that episode next Thursday. And then the week of Christmas, Ryan and I are going to be recording our favorite games of the year episode. So that'll be fun to look forward to. You could also please write in on the gmails at otakubrotherspodcasts at gmail.com. Get in with some of your favorite games of the year. Whether you played the game this year or whether you were re- revisiting a game that came out prior in prior years, it doesn't matter. Ryan and I have no real restrictions on our games of the year. They're just the favorite games that we played in 2019. Yep. So feel free to write into the Gmail with some of your favorites and any stories you have playing those. You can also write in on the Discord. Link is in the show notes. Just click the link. You're automatically added to the server. A lot of good discussions going on there. Ryan, do you
1: have any parting words for the listeners this week? Yeah, just have a good week and uh, prepare yourselves for the new Star Wars. We are a good time.
0: Anxiously anticipating. Dress up.
1: It doesn't matter if you're going midnight premiere. Yeah, just- wear a Wookiee outfit. Uh, I don't think you're allowed to bring, like, gun replicas, but maybe lightsabers? Tough to say. Yeah. Just, you know, just wear some slave lay costumes. <laughs> Might as well. Does it matter if you have got ch- a hairy chest or not? I'd love to see you in a slave lay outfit, right? Oh, God. Just talk dirty to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday. See you.